Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode. And is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Wrestling fans, and welcome back to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Glad to be with you here for episode number 87. Here on Monday, June 25th, 2018, the summer is heating up and the retro wrestling is heating up. I am Joe Murata. That is Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Uh, howdy doody. Howdy doody. Good to see you again. What do we got going on this week, Quinn? Well, I've been watching a lot of Japanese and nonsense. Yes, you have. You've been uh, eating Japanese, too. I've also been just watching regular retro wrestling it's like fun. I usually do. Yep, and that's what we're here to do. What we usually do is guide you through the world of retro wrestling. We appreciate having you with us yet again for another week. We have some great topics for you. And before we get to any of that, I just want to remind you of a couple important things. If you have the Twitter and you haven't followed us yet, why don't you go do that right now? It's at OVP Podcast on Twitter. We will most likely follow you back. Unless you're a bot, unless you're a Mishlava from Russia or something like that. Oh, wow. That's coming back. <laughs> that's an old Mishlava reference. Mishlava from Russia. <laughs> you never know. I'm just that's saying. Like, that's like episode like 20-something. <laughs> Three. Yeah. <laughs> you got to be careful out there with the uh, Mishlavas of yeah. the world. Uh, you can also email us at ovppodcast at gmail.com. That is O. VP podcast at gmail.com. And there's a really wonderful place to talk to Quinn and to talk to me and a bunch of the other zany OVP family. And Quinn, that is on the Facebook group. Yeah, uh, facebook.co.jp. Um, it's a wonderful place where um, you can go on Facebook, basically. You can go to the search bar to find us. Yes. You don't want it, none of that other Facebook stuff. No. Just go on the search bar, type our vantage point dash retro wrestling podcast. You join and Kablamo, uh, Sayonara, you're there. Sayonara, you're yeah. there. On that group, you know, Quinn and I have been promoting ourselves as the Ellis Island of Retro Wrestling Facebook groups. It's very Ellis. It's... <laughs> And one of the things, I guess one of the, the tenets of it is, if you want to contribute, contribute. If you want to lurk, you can lurk, but don't be a jerk. Yes, <laughs> How that's about a that? good policy. You should write that in the, like, about on the side of the page. <laughs> yeah, okay. If you want to lurk, you can lurk, but don't be a jerk. Right. But in all seriousness, we have a great time. They're just talking about various topics, uh, mostly retro, a little current for good measure, a little spice of current yeah, every now and then. A little spicy spice. A little spicy spice. So go to Facebook if you have a Facebook, or Vantage Point Dash Retro Wrestling Podcast. Just click the join button, Quinn or I will let you in. And another thing that we want to do is shout out a few of our friends of the show that we love to uh, listen to and to talk about. Uh, we like to shout them out. We have the wrestling podcast about nothing. That is WPAN. Go check that one out. It is hosted by two guys that actually have worked in the business. One of them is an independent wrestling referee that is currently on an extended hiatus, Mean Mike Crockett. And each week he is joined with ROH's own wrestler, The Kingpin. Brian Malonis. That's the Wine City Whaler, as yes. he's known in some circles. <laughs> this circle right here. This circle, <laughs> and, and maybe some people, I've heard rumors yeah. that uh, some people may have shown up to a Ring of Honor show and attempted that chant. But uh, Wine not, City Whaler? Yeah. Guys, keep it going. Keep just, it going just, there. Keep it alive. It's going to catch on one of these one days. One day he's going to have tights that actually say that. I'll look forward to that day, Quinn. <laughs> WCW. <laughs> <laughs> Go check out the wrestling podcast about nothing. Great show. Uh, the two of them get into not only their memories as fans and their opinions and analysis on the current state of wrestling but some insight on having actually worked in the business they have a very unique perspective so that's WPAN wrestling podcast about nothing 
There's another really great one, but it's only hosted by one guy, and it's called Greetings from Allentown, and that is hosted by a lonely man named Peter Winson. Little baby brother Peeny. <laughs> yes, little baby brother. And if you want to know what our baby brother Peeny's thinking, you should listen to this show. This because, is, yeah. holy moly, uh, you want to talk about lol Massachusetts? <laughs> yeah. uh, we we got it over we got there. It. Boston uh, Bruins. You want to talk about the Boston Bruins? But did you also want to talk about Larry Zabisco right. or like the AWA or Nick Bockwinkle being a baller, original yes. OG or whatever? <laughs> what it's P- over there. Yeah, that's right. What PD does is each week he reviews a retro wrestling show. But under that pretense, what he does is he throws in personal anecdotes and experiences, some little jokey jokes here and there. Great show. Greetings from Allentown, GF Allentown. And another shout out to a really good podcaster who runs a really good podcast. And he covers the south of the Mason-Dixon line. And his name is Mike Mills. And that is Booking the Territory with Mike Mills. He is, I'd say, Quinn, the southern version of OVP. Yes, I, I believe so. The Mason-Dixon line, that is in Delaware or something, right? Hi, I'm in Delaware. Yeah. Yes, it's uh, it's so below Pennsylvania. Any, yes. Anything around that area? He's your man. Below it. He's the guy, yes. Don't Smoky talk Mountain. about this. No. Uh, like what we talk this about. This is our territory. This yeah. is like the NWA territory systems. What if we did like an invasion angle? <laughs> like on Book in the Territory That'd sometime. be freaking funny. Mills, get on that. You know, let's uh, let's collaborate. You don't know who I am, <laughs> but you know why I'm here. So that- like in the middle of some mauler match on his show. <laughs> So that is our friends of the show. And later on, we'll have some information on our Patreon, which is changing. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. But right now, Quinn and I have a new career this entire ninth season. And it is as independent wrestling investigators. You know, we want to really tackle these hard-hitting mysteries and myths and rumors that have persisted in the wrestling world. And this is a little segment we call On the Case. They're on the case. On the case. On the case. You're the detective now, kid. And nothing's stopping you. There's justice to be served. So serve it. The year was 1997, Starcade, December. In WCW, the world champion Hulk Hogan was facing Sting, a long awaited match in the history of WCW, had been building for a very long time. The referee was Nick Patrick, and in this match, a supposed fast count was made on Sting by Nick Patrick, leading Bret Hart to come out and claim that he wasn't going to let Sting get screwed. However, upon anyone's examination, you can clearly see this was no fast three count. For years afterwards, people have speculated. Did Nick Patrick make a mistake? Was he asked to make a fast count? Was he asked to make a slow count? What exactly happened? Quinn and I decided to get on the case. So they really <clears throat> blew this one, huh? <laughs> yes, they did in WW fashion, Quinn. Yes. Um, as we've discussed on the show and on the boards at nauseum. Chuck Mess has fun with this one. I, they, uh, Like I said, they got what they had to do done, but it sucked. It certainly <laughs> does suck. It did suck. They they didn't do it well. One of the major points of contention, Quinn, is that a supposed fast count was rather slow by Nick Patrick. Yes. One, two, three. To me, this is what breaks the whole thing. It's nothing other than that. Quite literally, like Nick Patrick is the source for this people not liking this show. Now, if you have one of the background on Nick Patrick, he's actually a damn good referee. He's one of the best. He's one of the best. He had been with them for a long, long time. I like to think of him as the successor to Tommy Young. You can do that. I'm, I'm okay with that. Like, as far as like WCW is okay. concerned, that yeah. makes sense, right? Premier referee. Yeah. I think that's fair. 
And unfortunately, his uh, legacy is a little sullied by this. Uh, yeah, um, it's a little sully. I mean, it was already sullied. He was a he was a crooked ref. He was he wasn't straight. He was very crooked. Yeah, you know, when he walked, he was bent over. Probably the best crooked ref of all time. If you definitely you know compare him to Danny oh, Davis, he beats the balls out of Danny Davis. Yeah. But in terms of this match here at Starkid, obviously it was a long anticipated match, folks. Hogan, NWO Hogan, like prime NWO Hogan mm-hmm. versus the returning Sting, who hadn't wrestled since September of '96. Right. So we're talking well over a year now. Finally, it happens. It's a really crappy match anyway. But I mean, it's WCW main event scene. What, yeah. do, you, what do you expect? Exactly. Like, what do you expect? They're no longer with us. It's not the match quality. Sure. Is all okay, match. Like, it's yeah. not really about that is my point. Like, yeah. uh-huh. we, they, they do it's not that. about good booking either. They do that in the beginning. Uh-huh. And uh, what happens was Hogan gets his trademark leg drop, mm-hmm. goes for the pin, and it's a three count. Right. No, <laughs> nothing suspicious at all. Actually, like, legitimately right. nothing suspicious. And then <laughs> Bret Hart <laughs> wanders out. He's like, you know, I've been screwed. I'm not going to let it happen. And then he punches Nick Patrick for right, doing yeah. nothing wrong. Right. Yeah, he just counted his shoulders. <laughs> and, then, and then Sting wins with the Scorpion Deathlock. And, and it was horrible. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> what people have wondered is the instant speculation was, well, Hulk Hogan being Hulk Hogan. Right. You know, if you know Hulk Hogan, you, this makes sense. Paid off or strongly influenced Nick Patrick to not count a fast three. So that he wouldn't look bad. So that he wouldn't look bad. Another school of thought is that Nick Patrick simply made a mistake. Which, hey, mistakes get made, right, Quinn? Mistakes Quim? are made, yeah. <laughs> yes. And I have some other schools of thought as well. Go ahead. Maybe Sting fucked up. What do you, like, in which regard? Meaning maybe that wasn't the spot and maybe that that's supposed to happen later or something and then he fucked up maybe there was going to be another leg drop spot where it happened yeah that's all i'm saying is like maybe sting just thought it was not that at that point i mean it, it was loud there's a lot of people there mm-hmm. it's, you know just some sometimes there's fuck-ups like it happens it's you're live. right like i will give you that it that could have happened maybe right. i mean it's certainly not without precedent for hogan to have someone kick out of the leg drop and then do it again later it could have happened it's right. rare but i could see it maybe being a case right Nevertheless, it wasn't a fast three count. It was right. a very normal or maybe even slow three count. Quinn, I am of the opinion. I want to hear your thoughts, too. And for, folks, of course, let us know your vantage point. You can do that on Twitter mm-hmm. or Facebook or email us. I think Hulk Hogan influenced Nick Patrick in some way to not count fast. That's uh, my official position on this. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't know! Because was Nick Patrick that closely affiliated with the Hawkster at all? He wasn't, but who's the top political wielding wrestler of WCW in this period of time? Kevin Nash. No, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Come on. And I could very well see Hulk Hogan pulling Nick Patrick aside. Maybe Samu is there. I'm not sure if Samu. Well, is... Samu knows all. He's the eye in the sky. Like, you know, he's the Illuminati. Um, he's like the in the in Casino when yeah. they're explaining the cameras. Let's go to the eye in the sky. Yeah. And, uh, I could see Hulk Hogan being like. Let me tell you something, Nick Patrick. Yeah. You know, just cutting a promo on him. Yeah. You gotta count slow, brother. Yeah. And then the hundred dollar bills fell out of his pockets. Right, right. It's very possible. It's like the reverse double Hebner thing. Yeah, exactly. Now, I know you don't know. I know I don't know. So someone did ask Nick Patrick. It's actually uh, David Penzer asked him about it recently. Mr. Cumberman himself. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And Nick Patrick's official position, and I want to talk about this, <laughs> is that this is this is what he said. Oh boy. He said that there were two big franchise players, which is Hogan and Sting, obviously, right? Yeah. But he didn't name them. He didn't right? name names. And he said that one of them told him to count fast so he wouldn't look bad, and the other told him to count slow so he wouldn't look bad. 
and Nick Patrick couldn't find the guy in charge, quote unquote, which would clearly be Eric Bischoff. It's the most WCW thing I've ever heard. (laughs) So he just decided of his own volition because he didn't know the finish to the match that he was going to count slow. Okay, first of all, (laughs) yeah, that is dumb. Um, Second of all, do we know what Bischoff? His stance on all of this is like, I don't know. What, I don't what know. Was his what like what did he want? I don't know if Chat Me Up has talked to him about it yet. So yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't looked into it that hard. If folks, if you know, let us know. I would imagine this though, Quinn. What did Bret Hart come out and protest? Um, the fast count. So, what do you think Bret Hart thought was going to happen? At least, yeah. But <laughs> you can go another route with that. Okay, go ahead. Bret Hart's waiting in the back. Yeah. They, this fuck up happens. People are panicking, and Bischoff's like, "Just go and say it was just, a fast count. Just go say, get, get, go out there and fix this." So why was Bischoff panicking? Because it was supposed to be a fast count, and it wasn't. Yes. That's what I'm saying. So, yes. so do we agree? You think that it was supposed to be a fast count in some way, shape, or form? I think so. Do you think Sting didn't know that? Or it maybe that maybe like I said, maybe it wasn't, and Sting legitimately fucked up, and he was supposed to kick out. Yeah, a grown man that's been wrestling for twelve years forgets what comes after two. I've seen. <laughs> Come okay, on, we watched a lot of wrestling shows, right, Joe? On the, like, yes, for this we program. have. Yes, we have. For this I have seen program. fuck ups before. Sure, all I'm we all saying, have. All I'm saying is sometimes maybe he didn't hear the the first count and he thought it was a two. That is possible. Like, isn't it, that embarrassing though? It's embarrassing, <laughs> but the point is, is they covered for him. Oh, yeah, that worked out well. <laughs> I'm just saying it's just plausible. That's all. It's just another layer onto it. So you seem to be skirting around any uh, suspicion of, of foul play here. Well, because I just... You really don't think... Hulk Hogan, <laughs> you don't think it's possible. I don't want to just make an assumption based off nothing. I'm basing it off of Hulk Hogan. <laughs> like his career, I'm... especially in WCW. No more prima donnas. I'm just saying, like, why... I don't understand how this makes Hogan look bad to lose to someone because he had done it like earlier. He doesn't like losing to people. He lost to Lex Luger (laughs) like a couple months ago. Yeah, but he knew he was getting the belt back a few days later. Like he didn't know he was going to get the belt back anyway. Like, you know, he always gets the belt back. What are you talking about? Well, that's true. Now, do you think Bret Hart immediately regretted being there like already? Yes. (laughs) Like, like the moment they they were like get out there and say it's a fast count, he's like, oh, fuck. Like, oh, you know, I what did I do? Yeah. <laughs> like, now, what do you think uh, of of Nick Patrick though in his explanation about all this that he didn't know what to do, so he did it of his own accord? Do you really I don't know think if that's, any true? Of that's true? Come on, I, I don't think any of it is because it sounds so dumb. It's almost like he's just playing with us. Like he's right. like, well, people think Hulk Hogan paid off. People think maybe Sting said something. People think I messed up. People think I so I'm just going to be completely ambiguous <laughs> and just make shit up. because I'm retired and don't give a shit anymore. Yeah, right? What, what, who's coming after? Him? Like, what, right. is, he gonna, is he trying to like get employed by another wrestling company right now? Is this the first time you're telling the true version? Yes, did I, it is. Did I get the exclusive? Yeah, because I had to be politically correct because <laughs> I was working for somebody every other time. You know. Now you just don't care anymore. No, I just don't give a dang anymore, man. I let it fly. Oh, remember that time in 1997? <laughs> like, but like who would, first of all, when you're hiring someone, yeah. you like, let's look back at like 20 years ago, whatever. Right. Like, th- no, that's not how this works. <laughs> Especially when you're hiring a referee. <laughs> a child born when that happened can drink. Like, now. I mean, it's a long time ago. It is a long time ago. But isn't it? Is it not, Quinn, one of the most WCW things for the head referee of the main event 
that has been anticipated for over a year at the largest show of the year to not, to know, not know the finish. To not know the outcome, yes. <laughs> Isn't that the most WCW freaking thing? I mean, yeah. They should have had Randy Anderson out there in retrospect. P, we wouldn't fuck that up. No, we would Mr. Bischoff. Even suspenders uh, could do that better. Yo, Mark Curtis? Yeah, yeah. fantastic referee. They Little had Mates. a lot. I, I think that there was too much baggage with Nick Patrick at that point. Because he had previously been in the NWO. Right. Do you think that tinted it a little bit? It kind of. Well, I look back at the storyline and the idea was supposed to be was that he was, he had been reformed for like since like way before even that Luger won the title. Oh, yeah. Thing. The remember? spring, right? Yeah. Remember he comes out. We just did the commentary. Yes, it. that's like, right. You can check that out on he's Patreon. He's there he, as a face. He is there as a face. So he had that been was reformed. Like a while ago. Eight like, months earlier yeah, or something. Like, it's not like it's. It was the surprise was was valid. Like I get what they were going for. Sure, sure. Because it was a good callback, but they fucked it up. They fucked it up in true WCW fashion. So I think I think this is Quinn actually admitting that this wasn't good. Am I wrong? It's not that I just <laughs> I need to clarify that it's not that it was like I can't get him to do it. <laughs> it's just that what happened did happen. The outcome happened. It was just poorly done. Very poor. Yeah. Very, very, very <laughs> bad, right? I guess what nobody seems to understand is it doesn't make the outcome not the same. Yeah, WCW is still... not in business. No, You're correct no, about that. The whole that this, the fast count and the Brett and the Sting wins. Like, all of that shit still happened. But why do they even have to do that? Because <laughs> WCW. What, what do you want me to say? I'm saying that the execution was bad. Yeah, it was bad. Like, it was just <laughs> shitty. But you know what's funny yes. about this whole business that I keep saying to you, and I think you've agreed on it. What? Had he counted fast like he was supposed to? Literally, we wouldn't be talking about any of this. We would have been like, "That was a great pay per view." I think you're right. Like, I think to be completely fair, yeah. Even though it's still not probably the best way to do it, right? You know that they, like you said once, they didn't need to get all fancy with Bret Hart, right? Yeah. Even though that they didn't need to do all that to make this match work, right? I think if it had actually been, first of all, if Bret had never debuted. And well, I'm saying just say everything. Everything is as every, is. Uh, the only change is the is, count was actually fast. Is instead of it's yep. yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's all we're talking about, right? Yeah, it's like literally that <laughs> about a half a second's worth of time of a guy's hand hitting a canvas, and WCW is still in business. Maybe I don't know. I'm just saying, like, will you accept that much? Like. Nobody would ever talk about it. They'd be like, that was a great moment for WCW. Creative but, finish. Yeah, yeah. Hogan would have won the belt back in two months anyway. Right, yeah. Because that's what he does. You're right. Well, you know what, Quinn? I have to uh, I have to agree that your your vantage point there is is not bad. My final verdict, though, is I really do think that Hulk Hogan in some way influenced Nick Patrick and Eric Bischoff either didn't know, sure, or looked the other way. What do you think? I think there maybe there's probably some validity to like that he couldn't find. He heard two things and he couldn't find Bischoff. That sounds like very w that that sounds like exactly the described chaos at the back was back <laughs> right. then from like all accounts even guys down on the cruiserweights talking about not being able to find bischoff okay whoever the fuck is supposed to tell them the agents or yeah, something i don't I, even yeah. know if they had those in yeah. wcw and you think maybe uh, nick patrick figured fuck it i'll make the call myself and if they fire me i'll go to wwf because vince will be happy to have me right yeah during that period of time i'm sure he would have just <laughs> fit nicely in WWF. He would have. I mean, that would have worked Imagine perfectly. Nick Patrick during the ref strike. Yeah, uh, that's, a, that's another thing altogether. But. <laughs> so, folks, let us know what you think. Let us know your vantage point. Let us know how exactly you would close this case. But until uh, we return, 
We have a very special Rushmore in Death Valley coming up. This one I'm very excited about, Quinn. It's going to be a very interesting one that we haven't delved into yet. And that'll be coming up right after this. I never liked Nick Patrick's count anyway. It was always slow. So for him to speed it up would have been, you know, Coyote's fucking regular count at WWF. You know, when, when you're basing your comeback on false finishes, you want one, two, boom. Mm-hmm. You don't want... That's that fucking Southern... You know, Georgia South fucking wrestling shit. From Harley Race to Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair to The Rock, Sting to Steve Austin, you're listening to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here. And Quinn, before we get into Mount Rushmore and Death Valley, we wanted to, we promised you updates on Patreon, more information. We're actually changing the way we do the content starting July 1st, a few days. It'll be coming up. We're keeping the tiers the same, $1, mm-hmm. $2, and $3 tier. And for $1 is the raw video footage of the making of each weekly episode. For example, right now, you can clearly see Quinn's Sarku Cup. If you yes. check out the raw footage. I mean, who doesn't want to see a Sarku cup? It's true. It's a good thing, you, right? You can see the Bret Hart shirt that I'm wearing. It's a very nice shirt. Mm-hmm. So that's the $1 tier. Each week you get a raw video feed of the making of each episode. Mistakes, all sorts of goodies, fun stuff. Right. Now, the $2 tier is the one that's really changing the most. What it was was the weekly commentaries. We are now switching. Uh, the last commentary will be this upcoming Friday. We are now switching to... Every other week, you're going to get Mount Rushmore and Death Valley Extra. We haven't finalized the name yet, but it's... Yeah. Explain what that is, Quinn. So, it's basically um, the typical Mount Rushmore Death Valley segment. However, um, the added twist is, like, it's usually going to just be all requests. It might not always be requests, kind of like the normal one. Yeah. Except... These are not going to be like the conventional right. like, kind. Like We have a backlog that we want to try to get through. Right. And most of them, or not most of them, probably a lot of them will be like really silly goofy and, and goofy silly. and like stuff you wouldn't usually get on a normal episode. Right. And that'll be an audio only feed because people were asking, you know, they like the audio content. They right. like the exclusive audio. So that'll be exclusive every other week. And I, may I add to that, um, as far as your intake, like how much content you're getting, that's not really going to change because these Rushmore Death Valley segments are going to be just as long as, say, two commentaries. Right, so exactly. You're, you're going to get the same general amount of minutes of yeah. content per <laughs> if you're month. counting the minutes. If you're counting the minutes, <laughs> it's just going to be spread out over two weeks, yep. every and, two weeks. So. And, then, and then if you upgrade to the $3 tier, you're going to get all the stuff we just mentioned. But on the alternating weeks, you know, alternating with the Rushmores, you're going to get two live reviews, one every other week now. Right. So you'll actually get content every week. You actually get pretty much more. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're, you're getting more now. $3 is going to get you everything, but it's also going to get you more than we've ever provided yes. on Patreon. Weekly, like, ever. <laughs> weekly content, two video reviews, two Rushmores, the, the raw the raw footage, the yeah. raw dump, and whatever else we wind up adding down the road, you never know. So that's if you wish to donate. This will not affect the current show you're listening to. This will always be free. This right. weekly Monday show, it will not affect that. We're not asking for money to keep this show going or anything. No, nope, it's you, not that. This is just extra stuff. Extra stuff, and that's if you want to donate. It's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. 
And if you do donate, we appreciate it. And even if you don't, we are just so thankful you're even listening. Yep. No commitments. Nope. You can uh, cancel anytime. <laughs> you, you can sign up. You can cancel. You can sign up again. Whatever you want to yep. do. And no, no commitments. No CODs. No CODs. Of course. <laughs> so, Quinn, it is time for Mount Rushmore and Death Valley. That is where each week we have put and we will continue to put four of the best of something onto Mount Rushmore. Four of the worst go down into the desert of Death Valley. I actually picked this one, Quinn, Mm -hmm. and it is the Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of... Backstage announcers. Backstage announcers. I love it. I love this one. Interviewers, whatever you want to call them. Same thing. So we've done commentators before, but we've never done backstage announcers before. No, we haven't. And they used to be so much more important. Back I in guess. the day, in the retro I days. Mean, yeah. They weren't as important as like the main no, like, people. But they used to have a personality of their own a, right. a lot of the times. And the key goal of a backstage announcer is to get the talent over, like help the talent get their point across. Yeah, not to step over them too nope, much. But nope. at the same time, provide a personality that you can interact with. Thank like, you. It's yes. something that the wrestlers can play off of. Correct. And obviously, Quinn, I think we both know who the number one pick here is oh, going to be. Without question. I mean, this is ridiculous. Why, but don't, you, why don't you take the honors? A mean Gene Okerlund. Yeah, like, there's no other way. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Blow it out your ass. Mean Gene is the best to have ever done this. Yeah. There's no... He's the he's like the template. He's the gold standard, if Yeah, you will. it doesn't get much better than Mean Gene. He was so good at helping bad interviews, bad promo guys, sound better. Who's going to take Mr. Wonderful to wherever he's going? You've got no private life at all. It's got to be a nightmare for it's you. Terrible. He would give people a line. He would he would lead the promo in such a way that the point always got across. It was sometimes entertaining, sometimes funny. Mm-hmm. He would he would react to the things they would say instead of just standing there like an idiot. Yeah, and he wouldn't just ask, "What are your thoughts?" <laughs> Like and just like disappear, yeah. <laughs> right, and then just stare off into the distance when yeah. they're, when they're done. Yeah, he would put it over like this: is person's got something to say, yeah. and if it was a heel and they said something bad, like the Jake Roberts one, for example, from yeah. Tuesday in Texas. Please do me one little favor. I'm begging you. Please bring her back. Let me touch her again. Oh, get out uh, of here, please, Robert. I can cultivate her into something that even I could oh, want. please. Huh? I could do that. Please. <laughs> I refuse to... T- Gorilla Monsoon, let's get back. Get out of here. On, get the hell out of here. I don't want to talk... He was so good at punctuating the end of a promo or really making you feel like he gave a shit about what this person was saying. He also had a um, an era about him, like you were walking onto his set. Yeah, sort of like right. you're like you're in Mean Gene's zone and like yeah. you're talking to him and it, it's like it, it's important. Yes, like there's some prestige to talking to Mean Gene. And obviously, as the uh, the late '90s rolled on in WCW, he became a little bit uh, reliant on that hotline and he became a little bit of a parody of himself. They well, gave him a dirty old man gimmick, sort of. But also, one thing that they gave Mean Gene that they wouldn't give any other person was the Ric Flair interviews. They gave him Ric Flair. Yep. To me, that was like Mean Gene's moment every week. Yep. Mean Gene's moment was the in the ring interview with Ric Flair. Yep. And Rick would just speak his mind. Yep. Like, I, sometimes there was like, he was talking about nothing. Yeah, I know. Like, and it was just, you know, it was Ric Flair and Mean Gene. Yep. Mean by God, yep. Gene, every single week. Nature Boy, if you quit coming to work, Giorgio Armani is going to go broke. I don't mind telling you. And he was also the personal interviewer for the most part for Hulk Hogan. Right. Throughout much of yeah. the 80s and, and 90s in WCW also. I mean, even when he was NWO. Yep. Yeah. He, he is the premier 
without a doubt, greatest of all time backstage interviewer. He lent a certain character that no one else ever has since. I know some people have been good, obviously. Of course, yeah. But there is no one better than Mean Gene. And uh, obviously, Quinn, sometimes we have situations on Rushmore where it's something and then everyone else. Right. Clearly here, it's Mean Gene. I think he's the only person of this variety that was in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I, right. I can't think of any other backstage guy that mm-hmm. was in the Hall of Fame. That's how important he is. Consistently good. AWA, WWF, WCW, no matter what. Yep. Always mean Gene. Always good. He just knew how to do what he was supposed to do. He was just the best at it. Right. And he also said, put that cigarette out. Ric Flair, <laughs> put that cigarette out. Ric Flair, you have made world. Put that cigarette out. We're obviously in unanimous agreement here for number one. Of course. Mean Gene Okerlund. <laughs> Now, I'd just like to say, I think a fair contender for number two mm-hmm. is Sean Mooney. I do, too. I actually. think he was, I was great. I was thinking of him also. Totally. What's wrong with Sean Mooney? Sean Mooney's the best, man. He He's really freaking good at it. I, I mean, he's not... He's no one, not Mean Gene. Let's and, put it that way. And when we had him on the show last year, he said that. He's yeah. like, he even said, there's Mean Gene, and then there's everybody else. Right. My feeling is, I really, and I think, you know, there's Mean Gene, there's Gene Okerlund, and mm. then there's the rest of us. That yeah. was Sean Mooney's own words. Yeah. And obviously no one's Mean Gene, but he didn't try to be Mean Gene. No, he didn't. He was he was Sean Mooney, all right. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. And he was Ian Mooney, too. But, or maybe not. We're not sure. We, We're never, not sure. we never got that confirmed on the interview if they're two separate people It might or be not. a real guy. Yeah. We don't know. But Mooney was great because he kind of put everyone over in a more subtle way than Gene did. Right. Where he was like, he's like, oh my, what, am, what have I got myself involved with almost? Yeah. You know, like, these guys are intimidating. These right, guys right. are scary. Now, he is is the second version of, of the boy. There's usually a boy. Yeah, he's the um, second boy. You know, boy number one was Craig DeGeorge. Yep. And Sean Mooney was boy number two. Yep. And then I would say Pettengill is like three. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, cool. Cole was four. And then they kept going. And they just kept going. There's there like a million boys. Yeah. But um, he was the best boy. Right. This was a uh, archetype. Yes. That, that that came into being this, this like dark haired. Yep. Uh, Kendall looks. Kendall <laughs> looks like he's like a television person. Yep. It was a great day for a sale, and that is just what old, all the sailors on Old Ironsides did today. This was not an ordinary leisure cruise, though. The two-century-old ship was taken out in open water for the first time since her bicentennial sail last July. I think Sean Mooney is, like, the top version of that. Absolutely. Craig was the first one, but uh, Sean Mooney was the best one. Right. For sure. I think he's going to make Rushmore, but if you want to put some more people on the table, I'm more than happy to hear it. Well, I think Lord Alfred Hayes... I would love, definitely have to be on the table there. I love Lord Al. Lord Al is he's the backstage guy at WrestleMania one. Yep, and he's he's at a lot of events. Yeah, I mean Mean Gene is also, but Alfred does the like, it's like in the aisle. He stands in the like entranceway <laughs> with the program. All like scared. Yeah. It's like <laughs> our next contest at the blah blah blah. Like he doesn't really interview anyone in that, does he? I don't know if he interviews anyone in that, but he he was a backstage interviewer. Yeah, he did he, it a lot. He usually was. I think most notably he wanted to stay for Sherry to change her nylons. That was weird. <laughs> I always said that was so weird. And why was he that at that? Like, I don't know. Wait, was actually now I'm thinking of it was uh, Lord Alfred more like the Coliseum exclusive backstage announcer because Mean Gene on the pay-per-view was? Lord Alfred did a lot of the Coliseum exclusives. He he interviewed people in on other shows too sometimes. He was kind of just like a, a presence, you know? Yeah. You'd see Lord Alfred and he, he was he, he was, was fun. VHS version of Gino <laughs> But I like him because he had his own, you know, unique style. He he was Lord Alfred. I'm Lord Alfred Hayes. 
and the stars of the World Wrestling Federation have crossed this big pond. They call the Atlantic Ocean. He was Lord Alfred. I, I don't know why he adopted this like grumpy old man character quite later on. Turned like, heel. Yeah, there was a weird, <laughs> he like, the most ridiculous version to me is the Donnybrook Theater one where he's literally <laughs> like reading a newspaper in the corner just pissed that this exists. <laughs> I, yeah, that's <laughs> true. If you've I, never seen that, check that out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like he quite literally, that's his character. Yeah. He's annoyed that this is happening. Yeah, it's true. He did turn heel in like 93 or 4. It's real. That's very strange. It's very subtle. It would appear that Owen is finally fed up with Brett, who has always basked in fame's limelight, while his shining talents have been doused by psychophants with influence. So I can't blame him. Hayes is good. I'm going to throw another one out there. You mentioned him briefly. Todd Pattengill was really good. I don't care what anyone says. Yeah, I mean... He's good. He's decent. He's um, enthusiastic. Hey, folks, we are coming off In Your House, an absolutely awesome Sunday wow. last weekend. He's enthusiastic. What I would say about him is, is he conveys this weird, I'm a child kind of thing going on. Childlike like, exuberance. It's kind of strange. <laughs> like, he'll, like, dance around in the, like, control room or whatever. And you're like, what? What does this guy do? Do impressions of people from, like, Taxi and, like, yeah. shit like that. Okie doke. Hey, Alex. I'm watching WWF. And then what does this guy do? Yeah, it's, like, also, like, he'll, like, oddly follow people in the parking lot for some reason. Like, it's like, oh, this guy's here. And, like, he's, like, dancing around. It's like, what are you going to do? He's, like, do, doing a stupid dance that you can only see me doing right now yeah. on the Patreon thing. But you know what I like about Todd, though, according to, the, to his credit? For someone that wasn't a wrestling fan before he did this, he got yeah. hired in January 93. He was there until the end of 97. Uh -huh. uh, and for someone who, at the same time, co-hosted a popular, not good, but very popular radio show yeah. in New York, 95.5 PLJ. Like, who did this? One Direction? <laughs> this is this one of them One Direction songs? <laughs> he sure put over the worst period of time in the WWF like it mattered the most. I will say that, yeah. He was he, good. You know what he did? He made, like you said, that time period, he made what was going on seem like it mattered, even though most of it was horrible. Yes. I have to applaud him, yep. but I also think that had a lot to do with he didn't know that he was presiding over the worst period of time Even imaginable. Better. Ignorance is bliss, yeah, right? He, he seemed completely ignorant of what was like going on from a business perspective. Good. Yeah. I think that's good, actually. Yeah. So he's another one. Do you want to throw anyone else out there? Do you want to get Mooney on? What do you want to do? What about the coach? Uh, yeah, not heel version, right? Just no, regular just coach. just regular coach. I, heel I version was fun, too, actually. Heel version was fun, but coach as just, like, the regular backstage announcer with, like, the rock a lot. Yep. They would play off of each other. Coach was good. I didn't have a problem with him. Well, rock, it, if it matters, my name is Jonathan Coachman. They call me coach for short. They call you what? They call, they call me coach. Coach? Coach as in the coach of the little girl softball team? Some guys I just want to mention because I don't know if they technically count. Who do we got? What about Brother Love? Like, um, is that a is because he only did interviews? Like, yeah, but I think we're that's more of a talk show segment, right? Okay. And what about but Jesse the Body's a weird hybrid? He had the body shop, but he also would do backstage interviews. Yeah, I think the thing with Ventura because like Gorilla did him backstage too, but those guys were primary play-by-play play. okay so i think it's just like they're they incidentally some like vince even did backstage shit sometimes but i, I wasn't thinking him when we were okay. talking about this okay. i just wanted to make sure yeah. like a brother love or a piper nah. wasn't um considered like no an interviewer i wouldn't think so i mean even if they did him incidentally i think we're talking primarily like mooney 
primarily was the backstage interviewer and the event center guy, right? Right, yeah. And uh, Lord Alfred Hayes, same thing. He did commentary also. Todd Pattengill was mainly a host of a show or a backstage guy. So, like, people like that. Yep. I guess we're counting WCW, though, too, right? Yeah. Anyone really good from WCW that jumps out at you? Nobody crazy as far as Rushmore, maybe on Death Valley. What did um, you think of David Crockett? I know people hate him for some I reason. I love David Crockett. I don't know if he's Rushmore material, I but I, I think he's good. And the thing with David Crockett that I like a lot mm-hmm. is that he's like, in a weird way, like Pettengale, his yep. enthusiasm yep. for the product. Yep. Even though his, he had a stake in it, he, though. <laughs> he had a stake, but there's some. I think there's something to be said that he liked what he was doing. It seemed like it. it, it sure. Like, Shut up a minute. You talk about Ric Flair and what he is and what he is. Let me tell you something about Ric Flair. He is the world heavyweight champion. It's not the usual, like, the owner putting it over thing. Mm-hmm. It's like the owner who actually really is, like, very excited. And, like, he's like, I own this, but, like, this is my dream job. Like, this is the greatest thing. Like, right. I love this. Like, he would get so excited when, like, Ric Flair would yep. come out or, like, the Rock and Roll Express sure. or anybody. He's, like, smiling the whole time. Like, he, and it's just a general, like, exuberance for the product and it makes you like it more i have to say he does a good job in that case he does a good job of that you know one guy that did appear in wcw so he counts but he's mainly known for uswa and i don't know how familiar you are with him quinn but he really is one of the all-time greats Mm -hmm. at interviewing people but he was also a commentator so we just have to at least mention him if nothing else is lance russell yeah, Lance Fantastic. Russell, excellent. Will you knock that stuff off? Like have, look, you're the one that... Hey, hey, hey come on. Okay, now look, Terry. You asked me to come down here. I understand. And you treat me with hey, respect. Hey, well, wait. Just, I you didn't... Me okay, respect. I didn't... I wasn't meaning anything personal about it. Awesome. But he would kind of double duty. Yeah. Uh, so I guess he kind of like is falls in that hybrid, but yeah. not really. He's mainly a play-by-play guy, but I wanted to tip a cap to him. And so people know like, yeah, Lance Russell's all-time great. Yeah. Really great personality. Same thing with, uh, you don't like him, but Gordon was good at both also. Gordon yeah. was a good interviewer also. Yeah. Again, though, if you're doing the comment, if you're doing both, like if we're disqualifying Jesse, then we have to disqualify Gordon. I agree with you. And if we're disqualifying Gorilla and Vince also, right? Right. Okay. With all this said so far, I think Mooney, can we agree Mooney's the number two here? Is he the second best one to ever do this as a backstage yeah, interviewer? I, in the big I guess so. Um, as far as just putting people on the table, what about Chris Cruz? Chris Cruz was good. Yeah, he would do backstage announcers. <laughs> Chris Cruz is uh, actually... Backstage interviews. He, he is But then good. again, he was also a commentator. He was also so a commentator. Like, where, where's the line with this stuff? Although Chris Cruz was never at the at event. ringside. <laughs> yeah, like, he was always in the like the prime moo match and all that. <laughs> yeah. like, WCW Pro, he did stuff like that. He yeah. never did Nitro or Thunder. Did he ever even interview anybody, actually, now that come to think of it? He probably did. I yeah. think he did. I'm Chris Cruz from WCW Pro, and I'm about to have the distinct honor and privilege to speak with one of the most underrated, most versatile, and some say most underappreciated wrestler that World Championship Wrestling and perhaps all of professional wrestling has ever known. He is, of course, Arn Anderson. I'm going with Sean Mooney because Mooney, not only was he a different personality than Mean Gene, and if you're going to be in the same company as Mean Gene Okerlund and not get completely overshadowed by him and what you do, that says something. Like, Mooney was on pay-per-views as a, the interviewer. Right. Like, he's at WrestleMania. He wasn't just, like, some schmo that they, like, shoved off to the side. That's fair, but if I was going to rank, and if we're just doing it by rank, yeah, I would say Lord Alfred is actually better. You really think so? Why? 
I just think he he had a real character, whereas Mooney yeah. was, the, was the beginning <laughs> of the like the boy character, like the, which isn't really a character. It's just what Vince wanted. That's true. That is you know what, what Vince I mean? wanted. Really? So Lord Hayes, huh? Lord Hayes is just he's interesting. Like I I don't know. Like I and love he, him. He, and he would even interact within vignettes with the talent, like the you know like table manners thing and all that <laughs> crap. Like yeah, that is disgusting oh, at the table. Goodness, I have to do it sometime. That's disgusting. What do you mean? Give me that. I always do Give it that to me. You know what I mean? Like he there was a little more to Mo- uh, Lord Alfred than there was to Mooney. Not that Mooney won't make it. I'm yeah. just saying. Really? I, think, I mean, I think it's Mooney. I think Mooney, I, I really do, but uh, I don't know. Can if, you really argue with Lord Hayes as, like, the true number two, though? Did he do as much backstage interviewing, though? I mean, he was... I feel like he did a lot. <laughs> he was a commentator on a lot of house shows. Uh-huh. Not really on, never on pay-per-view, except, like, WrestleMania 2 and, like, <laughs> that one match at WrestleMania 7. Yeah, but I just remember his stuff is more memorable to me than Mooney's. Let's put it that way. A lot of his Coliseum stuff, especially. That's like true. hanging out with the bushwhackers and like fixing that house or whatever. Right. Like all that shit. I mean, the title of this Rushmore is Backstage Announcers, That's right? That's like the ultimate backstage yeah. is when you go to the bushwhackers fixing a house. <laughs> like, or Kamala Bowling. Wasn't yeah. he there for that, too? Was he, was he that? <laughs> I yeah. think he was there for he that. He would always be the like vignette backstage. Like the you're off, right, Quinn. Like off, like not in the arena thing. You know what? Like, I wasn't thinking about those things, but you're right. Yeah. And we didn't specifically say these guys have to only interview people. They could also, it's backstage personalities right yeah. yeah okay you know what i with that criteria in mind then i can put lord alfred hayes on for yeah, number two you want to do that definitely for number two lord alfred hayes well mooney or petty poop they're they're both good. i would put mooney before petty poop because the thing with petty is that he like <laughs> like he gets very goofy yeah. To the point of annoyance. And his clothes are annoying too. Yeah, he's like the the definite. He is the definition of nineties, like the, like the nineties. Nineties uncle, cool. Not uncle. even uncle, like cousin. Uh, yeah, Step like brother. some family member that's like kind of younger, but he's older than you. You know what I mean? He's not like he's not like the adults, right? But you don't look forward to seeing him really yeah, either. He's no. a little annoying. Yeah, but he's still pretty okay. Yeah, that's he, petty. Yeah, that's petty. <laughs> the Toddster. Yeah, the Toddster. Whereas himself. Mooney's like a very straight. Mooney's a professional. Right. You know, Mooney's straight laced. He's a newsman. You know, right. but he happened to get mixed up in this wacky world of wrestling. Right. But Mooney is another personality who, if you watch anything Coliseum video, he's he's flying the uh, the WWF Enterprise with Lord Alfred. You know, on Invasion yeah. ninety two. <laughs> he's, he's, he'll get he'll get wacky every now and then. Now, during the course of our journey, you are going to see some of the best action from the World Wrestling Federation in the galaxy. As we continue to explore strange new worlds. But like, it's always because he's like the straight man, like dragged along. Lord Alfred is like just willing to do anything. Like he doesn't give a f- like a shit at <laughs> That's all. That's true. Like, One of the best sidekicks ever. Yeah. Like <laughs> he, you could take, you could take Lord Alfred anywhere until he got like mad in like 93. <laughs> but yeah. I like that you bring up the era of him getting mad. It's like two years or something. <laughs> it but is. It, it, it's like 93 and 4 and he's just like a grump. Yeah. For no reason. Yeah, he just hates everything. It's like, it's he finally snapped. Like, he got tired of like dragging us through Europe every year. Like around like March-ish. Oh, the like, World Wrestling Federation yeah. invites you on tour. So is Mooney number three then? We've agreed yeah. that he's yeah. very solid, very good at what he did. Right. And being, a again, if you're in the same company as Mean Gene at the same time, mm-hmm. to not get overshadowed by him, it's yeah. a, but develop your own style, yeah. I think is a fair point to make. So, True. all right. So for True. number three, <laughs> Sean Mooney. 
So who's uh who's number four, Glenn? There's a couple of like weird outliers I think Keep we going. can talk about. Keep going. Um what about Bonnie? Bonnie Blackstone was in the WWF for like two months. Very unheralded. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the most destructive forces in the World Wrestling Federation. With his manager, Johnny Polo, this is Adam Bob. Who cares? But she was also in a, I guess, global and other, you know, yeah. Texas promotion. She's good. <laughs> Bonnie Blackstone's good. I swear to you that she would have worked for the WWF. Had she not had a southern drawl, I that's like literally all that like kept her back. You might be right because even Vince didn't like JR's accent, right? And it's not a very heavy accent either, yeah. You know, I could totally see her carrying over into the even the attitude era. I'm not kidding, I get it. No, she I, was very talented. I don't want to know what they probably would have done, they probably would have like sexed her up or something, yeah, most likely instead of her like helmet hair that she had yeah. when she came in. <laughs> Like, she looked like she belonged in, like, a secretary at some, like, you know, office. In yeah, or a library or something. Or something. Yeah, yeah. Or like, like that, but that was the way they did things back yes, then. correct. But, like, in the Attitude Era, you know she would have been, like, Terry Runnels or something. Ugh. Yeah, like, Terry Runnels. You know, That's like, when, remember when she was a backstage interviewer? Yeah, I, well, yeah. I remember, yeah. yeah. JR was mainly a play-by-play guy. Before he was a play-by-play, he was more of a backstage. Yeah, do we want to count him, though? It's our vantage point. I mean, we're we're allowed to decide. I don't here. think so because I don't, I, I don't. I don't think that was long. That whole no. him being a backstage guy thing. He did it sometimes in NWA, right? I, yep. you know, I know he did it in the Mid South uh, and in WWF, even in like the mid nineties before he moved to the main show again in like right. 95, 94, 95, 96, He was still a backstage guy, like we're live, pal, and all that. How do you address those skeptics? Well, the st- skeptics and all the people have a little bit. Of- Let me do this again. No, it's live, pal. Sorry. Speaking of guys that moved up, but I think this guy actually had a longer tenure as mm-hmm. backstage. Eric Bischoff. Eric Ripoff. Uh, he did. He was a backstage guy from like 91 till like he started. In 90, a, until 94, 95. Yeah. yeah. He was also a backstage guy in AWA as early as 87. Right. He did it there too. He uh, did it for a while actually. Like most of yeah. his, the only time he was like as the announcer announcer, that was like short lived before he became an on screen like. Yeah, it was just ninety five. It was just when he did Nitro for a yeah, little while. That was right. really it. He didn't do much more play by play than he that. He was more of a backstage announcer for the most part. He was he was good. I mean, he's in the same template as a Craig DeGeorge. He's like right. the answer and he to even that. Interviewed to be one of the boys. He did. There's. I don't know if it's still floating around. I saw it somewhere. His audition tape His for audition Vince. Tape, yeah, yeah, where he has I like mean, a, he fits, a mop. He fits the look like perfectly. Absolutely, like, the Kendall. Had Sean left, like, I could mm-hmm. totally see uh, like Bischoff like, yeah. just being another boy. Now, what about, I, I know you don't, like, we like to make fun of him, but what about Kevin Kelly? Hi! <laughs> Was he lady number one? <laughs> okay. Here's the problem with Kevin Kelly. It's his, like, his general cowardice as, like, a backstage guy really upset me. Really? And, like, what's annoying is when he's an announcer announcer, he's not like that at all. No. Like, he's nothing like... Like, oh, I don't know. They're coming. Yeah. Like, they're coming. They're going to eat me. Like, you know, like that. They're that, going to eat me. Like, that's how he's at. Like, he's going to eat them. I, it will forever be, like, in my head how he acted during the Pillman thing. Pillman's got this pistol out, and I don't know what the hell is going on here. This is ridiculous. Pillman's got this. Um, what the? What the hell is that? 20-something like was, years later. He looked like he was going to piss his pants. Well, he like, was selling the moment, Quinn. At the same time, though, he was forever like a coward. <laughs> like, I was just like. 
be a man, damn it. Like, there's a, because there's like a woman here that's supposed to be acting scared. Yeah. And he's somehow acting scared, more scared than she is. Well, that's true. Like, it's it's a little overdone. And I know it's just an act it's and everything. Act, yes. But it, like, burned that into my mind okay. of, like, what Kevin Kelly is. I didn't mind him, though, um, for the most part as an interviewer. I liked his stuff with The Rock, especially, where The Rock would make fun of him. Yeah. You know? Do you think that was eclipsed by, like, Coach or yeah. Cole? Yeah, Coach and Cole. Cole really was a boy, but I don't know if he was really particularly good or bad. He's kind of just neutral yeah. as a backseat. He wasn't, <laughs> he, like, he existed. bad. Yeah, exactly. Like, what about Doc? I know you're going to laugh, but what about Doc Hendricks? Well, see, these are all people I think we're getting ahead of. The, the horse is getting ahead of the carriage or whatever you say. Yeah, the ca- putting the carriage before the horse, yeah. Whatever, The yeah. horse's ass. Yeah, like, I, whatever you want to say. I, I think like these Doc. people are all Death Valley people. No, Doc isn't. He Doc? was. He was. <laughs> are you kidding, Doc? Me? <laughs> he was excited. He he sold things well. Santa Doc. He knew. Oh, it. He l- l- let's just wait because well, I, hell. Doc. I think Doc oh, is come on. not very good. All right, fine. I won't. I won't uh, say anything. He's then. too. There's too much going on. I don't think there's anyone from the 2000s onward that can qualify for Rushmore off the top of my head, unless you really liked Renee Young for a while. Yeah, I think we should just uh, briefly bring her up because I don't. She was think good. She's. Bad. She's good. Um. Yeah. She's what okay. What I find interesting about Renee Young, on like an aside, yes. well, not even an aside. This is what it's about, right? That she's married to Dean Ambrose. No, no, it's none of that nonsense. It's that her like character has focused solely on like being like a journalist, as they say, yes. like which is like in a big rarity, like it is. In, in all of WWE, like other than like Mean Gene. I can't think of anyone that's like focused primarily on that to the point of like trying to act like it's serious. I like that about her. Yeah. I always like that even though, you know, obviously the way those announcers these days are directed to be like kind right. of like, what are your thoughts? And then they like look off stage. She still was. Is, is she still, has questions. She's good. Like, yeah. yeah. Where's Carmella? Renee, don't act like you don't know. I mean, technically, when you look at that match, it's Go now. Go. Go chase a moose. She actually asks a question and has a follow-up, whereas most of the girls or boys now... They say one thing. They they say one thing, and then they stare in the distance and do that, like... like, (laughs) I don't know how... Michael Cole from SmackDown 2, where they just shrug, (laughs) and then look away as the guy walks off stage. Renee Young, meanwhile, is like... (laughs) Renee Young goes as far as like maybe to even have like a shock like Mean Gene. Like, yes. give me a break. Like an like, actual reaction. Yeah, exactly. To what they're saying. So that's why it's like maybe she does fall into like a Rushmore territory. I would give her a very high honorable mention if nothing else. Yeah. Definitely. She's very good at List what she does. All, but yes. I mean she's good. He did cross the line verbally with what he said. <laughs> but is Todd Stir still in the contention here? I don't know. Now that now that we just talked about Renee, can, she's talented. Can we the qualities we have to line them up because I think the Toddster is like the only guy. He's obnoxious though. Yes. He can be obnoxious. Well, Renee can be obnoxious too. True, and she has a podcast. Yeah. Regular girls. Um Renee's like a weird like hipster girl. Yeah. Like um so that's like her obnoxious, but then again, Todd's like Mr. 90s. He's so, a dipster. In a strange <laughs> way, Todd is like Renee. Because Renee is of her time. You heard she, it here first. She like acts like like, you know, a twenty tens girl. Like <laughs> like you know, if we were to look back at it, right? Yes. You spill your soda over there? No, no. Everything okay? Yeah, everything's okay. But in all honesty, <laughs> yes, yes, like yes. Renee is is very timely. 
Like, I think we'll look back <laughs> in a couple Quinn. years yeah. and we'll be like, oh, God, like she's because she'll be like, spoiler alert. And like all the like stupid bullshit that yeah. people say on the Internet. Like, right. You know, like spoiler which, alert. Actually, yeah, is how like, she says it. Like, you know, just bullshit. Like, I mean, I'm just making that part up. Like as far as like I don't know the specifics, but I've heard her say very like of the time. Yes, like very timely of her things. era. Yeah, whereas like a Mooney is timeless. Mooney's timeless. Mean but Gene the, is timeless. But the Toddster, on the other hand, he was of the time of he, 1995. Yes, he's he very, is 1995. Like, he's like very stuck in that era. He's so. given SNES uh, strategy tips. Yes, lace up your sneakers because the NBA Jam Tournament Edition is a whole new world of hard hitting hoop action. So now it just comes down to like who's better, really. It's really down to the two of them, you think? I think so because I, I they're the equivalent to me. What about a does Tony Schiavone count or is he a Tony Schiavone? Yeah, um, he's too play by play. There focused, was too right? much play. It like yeah, outweighed that's his, his main like, thing. Yeah, it's like it, you at the, if you were just judging him in like 1985 or something. He's great. Yeah, but like okay, yeah, it's like mo- majority of his career he's was play by not play. that. Ugh. It's tough. Todd is so enthusiastic, but so then is again, Renee. right? And Renee, <laughs> the thing, the thing is, I think there's a weird bias here, right? Because we're a retro podcast. Yes, we but are. I think we have to think in 20 years what Renee's going to look like if she'll look. I because I now that I'm thinking about it, I have a feeling that she'll look a lot like the Toddster in our eyes. Is that like, a good thing, though? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if those are the only two left, then it comes down to that. Because Coach was, like, good, but not amazing. He's vanilla. Like, yeah. Uh, Crockett. Yeah. David Crockett, same thing. Right, yeah. Bonnie Blackstone was very good. I'm sure we're missing people, folks, from other territories. If you right. know anyone, let us know your vantage point. Ah, uh, I mean, the nostalgia in me says Todd. Because, man, I was raised on right. those action zones with the yes. glass table. But in 20 years, will you have nostalgia for Renee? Possibly. You you can't... Maybe. Like, because Just because you'll look back to her and you'll be like, oh, remember that time? You know, yeah. like the Daniel Bryan era and the, right. all that bullshit because she was part of that. That's all I'm saying. Like, no, uh, uh, Todd was so good. I R- love Renee, Todd. Renee's good too, though. Yeah, I I can't like if we're being like fair here. Like, mm. I can, did Todd was he a good interviewer? Do you like that's no. the that's the one thing. That's <laughs> Not like, really. He was that's okay. The problem with it right now. All right, it's Renee Young then. It has to be right. I can't believe it. I mean, I, I didn't think it would go that way. I didn't but either. When we started to like run out of people, yeah, and then like somehow Todd was leading. I had to look. We ha- we had to really look at Renee here and be like, holy shit, she's kind of better. All right, you know, I am okay with this, folks. Let us know what you think for number four. Yeah, Renee Young. <laughs> And to be fair, yeah. In the past, we've done like um, ring announcers, right? Yes. If Melissa Santos could like make it, like, I think I think okay. it's fair to Renee. Fair like, enough. Like, yeah, you got it. Yeah. I get it. So to recap for Donnie, the Mount Rushmore of backstage talent, I guess you can call it, is Mean Gene Okerlund, of course, Lord yeah. Alfred Hayes, Sean Mooney, and in the surprising twist, Renee Young. <laughs> that is our Mount Rushmore. Quinn, who's one of the worst? What do you got on your mind there, Pally? Uh, Missy Hyatt. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible! <laughs> Hi, I'm Missy Hyatt. I'm your host here. If, if we we were just talking about Renee, right? Yes. Missy Hyatt is like the antithesis. She's she is terrible. Antithesis. Yeah. I just want to know why do they call you the brain instead of the brawn? And what are you looking at? No, uh, just something on my cuff here. 
Uh, she shouldn't talk. Yeah. Backstage. She should have never spoken, ever. <laughs> Sorry to sound misogynistic. Listen, <laughs> there's other people too, trust yeah, that me, that are, that male, are men. That are male, but most of them. When I think of bad backstage people, like, holy shit, yeah. Missy Hyatt is horrible. She was bad. Like, okay. The worst. <laughs> Without a like, doubt, she's very, very bad. <laughs> and I think there's, there's a second, there's a male equivalent. Go ahead. I, I, I guarantee you. Mike Adamley. Yep, I was going to say Holy him. Holy crap. Well, JR and King, of course, John Cena is looking to reclaim the WWE Championship. He, like, those are, like, to me, those are the two I think of immediately. That's how he started for the first few months there, for the first four or five months. Mike Adamley was the back, well, a backstage guy. And again, and that's, you mess up, you're, yeah. like, you're getting some Adamley. He was, uh, and his name was Jess Harvey. Yeah. Vince wanted, you know, that real TV sports announcer thing again. He was like, an, he was supposed to be the upgraded version of a boy. Yeah. Whereas the boy was just like the, like, correspondent. Right. He wanted the, like, anchor. This was gentleman. Yeah. You know, this wasn't just a boy. This is a man. This and they serve. never did it again because holy oh shit. God, he was bad. <laughs> Six of Raw's greatest superstars will compete in the WWE's perhaps most bar- bar- barbaric and feared event. He used to be a football player. Yes. He was a little like. He had some problems there. But I don't know if that was going on back then. Because he worked somewhere else after that. And yes. He was just fine. He was so fine. Was like, he was I, the news guy. I don't know if that's just like <laughs> he was people just trying to like retroactively I'm feel bad sure. about it or something but like, he, he was bad you know who uh well i'll bring up doc actually please. just to let you now i like doc hendrix because <laughs> of his enthusiasm in a shitty time and we are ready for this friday madison square gardens live he knew how to get the product over doc hendrix was very very good at that but what don't you like about it i'm sure okay. you have good reasons whereas petty poo yeah pettingale you know, if we want to call him yeah, his, his, Pet- his Christian name. Yeah. Um, God. He is excited, but in a way where, like, it makes me excited. Doc is excited in the way of, like, my dad's excited about this. As, like, you know, when you're a kid and mm-hmm. your dad's excited about something, you're like, uh, it's not as cool anymore. <laughs> like, that kind of shit, right? Okay. Like, or, or your mom, whatever. Yeah. Like, your parents are excited for yes. this, right? Sure. Like... Doc is that. Really? Yes. He does that he for seems you? so unhip. And I know That's it's true. like part of the character. It's not a good character, though. And, and the whole, like, he's conceited, but then again, maybe he isn't. It, I'm not sure what always, he like, was. What around. was he? Like, when he first came in, he was like a conceited jerk who had like a picture of yeah. himself in the event He was a heel. Yeah. yeah, he was a heel. But then he wasn't. And then like, he was just easygoing, like, barbecue doc. What great news we heard on Raw this week. The Ultimate Warrior returns to the World Wrestling Federation at the granddaddy of them all. Also, he was on the Raw Bull with the furry mustache. <laughs> and he would, he would do any, like, characters they wanted for them. And then randomly, he was just like the Hardy Boys manager with a cane. I don't remember remember that crap. And like the Jenko's pants or yeah. something. And he looked like a big idiot. Yeah. And a tight shirt. <laughs> I, he is one of the weirdest people. Like only his WWF. I understand Michael Hayes was great. Yeah, he's a great talker. Like, I, I don't mind Michael Hayes. But after he went to WWF. Okay. Uh, he's a contender. What about when Ray Rougeau did it for a few uh, years? Uh, Hi, how are you? Yokozuna, uh, Mr. Uh, Fuji, why don't you tell us? Like, why, did, why is he doing that? Well, we'd like to find out what this clown is made of. What is he all about? And what does he want here in the World Wrestling Federation? He should have remained on the French. <laughs> Seriously, bring me back something French. Because there is something about him That's... that he doesn't speak English properly. 
Well, because he speaks French Canadian English. But I mean, I don't know what that means. You would think he would speak a little bit better. He's yeah. just not suited to like the English broadcast. Like, I he sounds great in French. I, I mean, I don't speak French, so maybe he talks just as rigidly. <laughs> yeah, he might be terrible. Fr- yeah, <laughs> someone like, that knows should tell us. Like, someone, someone who speaks French, like listen to Ray Rougeau yeah. and tell us is he rigid as as like a board, like he is when he's on in the English uh. broadcast. Depuis qu'ils sont arrivés à la World Wrestling Federation. Skip and Sonny, les body donors ont été un duo irritant et énervant. Yeah. What did you think? I, I like him as a commentator, but Stan Lane is just another one of those generic personalities as a backstage Stan guy. Stan Lane is the blonde version of a boy. <laughs> yeah, he like, is. He's, he's just that. He is. Hi, fans, and uh, here with me is Adam Baum. Although, big points up to him for that time he was there with Gorilla, and he called Pat Patterson fat, and Stan Lane couldn't like resist but laugh like on the air. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up so I can dump it in right now. <laughs> Who is that Pat Patterson? It, it certainly looks like Pat. Holy mackerel, did he get fat? Oh, he... Why did he let himself go? <laughs> Former Intercontinental Champion, I can't believe it. Pat has put on some weight. That's Tony Gurria and Renee Goulet out there as well. So, like, I think, though, that Missy Hyatt is a bad one. I, I don't think... Lil- I think Missy Hyatt's, like, number one. Yeah? What about Lillian? She was bad when she started as a backstage interviewer, too. Yeah, but I think her career was, like... There was way more. She was a bad was ring like, announcer that was instead. So brief. You mean like, so she was worse as a ring announcer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically, yeah. right? Yeah, Missy Hyatt. I can't. I mean, she was just so awful. Bad that the WWF when they hired her, they filmed like eight vignette things, and yep. they they just were like, "Do you want to be a federette instead?" Like. <laughs> Because we can't put this on television. You're right, Quinn. Like I, I've never heard of that happening. That really happened. And like a close second would have to be Adam Lee. Okay. Like let's get Missy Hyatt on. Yeah. She's very bad. If and it's not it's not a sexist thing because we put Renee Young on. You know what? I'm not even gonna say it's a second. It's just a straight up tie between her and Adam Lee. <laughs> okay. I'm serious. Like, okay. That's not even me just trying to be like equal rights or anything. <laughs> they just both equally are horrible. Okay. Double induction then. Yeah. Here they both are. We gotta play it twice. Missy Hyatt and Mike Adamley. Die, die, die. Die, die, die. Okay, that was easy. I think so, that's the first ever double die, die, die. I know it happens a lot in Rushmore, but yeah. is that like the first in history? It might be, actually. Now, you know, if Superstar Graham was ever a backstage announcer, uh, he'd be on there, but I don't know that he really did no, it much. he didn't really. What about Hillbilly Jim as a backstage guy, or do you like him? Did he do it that Yeah, often? he did it sometimes. I mean, as a general backstage guy, he hosted some stuff. Hi, folks. He'll be a ge- hell, got some bleepers for you. Yeah, I, I don't know. Generic? I, I Yeah. Just like I, I don't whatever. really like, have a problem either way with him. What about Tard Grisham? I don't like him. I think he <laughs> sucks. Grisham. Yeah, because he's like the Ryan Seacrest version. Like the upgraded boy, but it's worse. MNA is better than WWE. Well, then why are you calling our show, retard? Uh, call TNA show. If they have one, which I doubt. I think it airs uh, Sunday night at 4 a.m. in Japan. What about that other one? The one with the glasses and, and he's like bitter or something? I forget his Josh name. Josh Matthews? Yes. He stinks. <laughs> What's your problem with Josh Matthews? Because he thinks he's a big deal. And you know what? It comes from he was mostly, a, he was, I think he was like only a backstage announcer in WF. Maybe a couple. He was like on like. He did ECW with Stryker. Did They he? were a well-regarded team. Yeah. Well. I, I, but I as just, a backstage guy, he's, his nose blood when he did the announcing that <laughs> yes. one time, remember? There's that incident. Yeah. There's also just the fact that, like, after his, like, WWF run was over, Ugh. he would, like, bitch and moan about it on TNA. And, yes. like, honestly, bro, you were, like, a shitty backstage <laughs> announcer and, like, you were on ECW for a little bit. Like, not even a long time. Yeah, he was also, he tried out to be a wrestler, didn't he? Wasn't he on Tough Enough? 
He thought he was a big deal, is my point. You think yeah, so? And, huh? and yes, I do think he tried on top of him. He did. Now, you know, um, Terry Taylor was a backstage guy in 93 for the WWF, and he I was horrible. I think I recall that. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the WWF on TSN. My name is Terrific Terry Taylor, and I am your host. He was really bad in the Stan Lane vein, but much worse in Stan Lane, even, I'd say. I guess. To me, he seemed professional enough. Like, he I, he wasn't good. It was just like, <laughs> you know, like, when there's just, like, it's, like, serviceable? Yeah. Whereas, like, Josh Matthews is like, this dude's b- nose blight on the screen. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not his fault. Unless, is it, though? And he might have been picking. Don't you think I know the difference between a pick and a scratch? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I think Ray Rougeau has some contendership here. <laughs> Ray Rougeau legitimately sucked. But the problem is, is that we don't know his, like, French like version of him might have been like known as the greatest thing ever i don't think so it's like the same thing how we like we can't make a fair judgment of like maria Filippi and like um tito santana no whatever red shirt guy marcelo you know he's still there right wait what (laughs) yeah he's like the spanish commentator (laughs) now the guy that was like very excited (laughs) yeah Yeah, he's still there and like funaki still works there and all that (laughs) i wonder who does the japanese interviews it's funaki isn't it no but he's at the booth how can he do both he just can he's if they had like a full crew for the for the mexican broadcast then they must have had like a like a full crew for the japanese right i don't know just like they had a full crew for the french yes there's also a german crew they're Ah. they're new yeah i know they're new do you know they've been upgraded to like the number two crew just on above the spanish uh, yes like they introduced German first, then Spanish now. Damn, that's but, a downgrade for the Spanish guys, huh? I think the German audience might be bigger or something, and that's okay. why. Drinking but more beer. It's weird. Craig DeGeorge is the elephant in the room for me, because <laughs> whereas he's probably a decent guy, I heard a good interview with him on Sean Mooney's podcast that one time. I didn't have to pay for that one. It was before, <laughs> before he tried to get money out of it. And Craig was not very good, though. No. Let's just be honest about it. Uh, let's be honest, uh, he sucked. And, you know, honestly, the most memorable thing is him um, talking about Matilda and, like, saving Matilda and giving you their address so they can mail shit to your house thing. That's his WWF legacy, I think, is talking about Matilda. Yeah. The six-man matchup will also feature a return to ringside for the British Bulldogs mascot, Matilda. Stolen two months ago from the squared circle by Heenan's Islanders, this no doubt will be an inspiration for Coco and the Bulldogs. Not one that you would want to hang on your wall, I would say. Not a legacy that you would want to take with you. I don't think he was very good. You know, we're starting to get a lot of guys here. Yes. Um, Another one I want to add is Kevin Kelly. I really don't like him. I don't think he's that great. I mean, from that on his backstage, I don't, I actually like he's grown on me as an announcer. In Japan, he's actually really good good because he knows, I, I feel like he, he feels experienced and tenured at this point in his career. Okay. That's all I'm saying. No, like, I'm not saying he's like the best thing ever. He's not. He's just like, there's a certain, like, I know this guy's been around the block. Right. As far as a, a announcer. Right. But as far as a backstage guy, holy shit, he sucked. Like, yeah, he was, like, he just, was bad. And his voice is annoying. Yeah. Even as a play by play guy, his voice, <laughs> just annoying. You know, Terry Runnell stunk. <laughs> Can we just say, yeah, she had well, an, she was the Missy Hyde of WWE. Terrible doing that in like she, the early two thousands. Yeah, she was really bad. She wasn't good. I, I never liked her doing that. Yeah, and she was a good. She's good, like as a personality in wrestling and stuff. You know, Molly, I think it's safe to say that after the Fatal Four Way, you'll be defending this women's championship against Lita at Survivor Series. Rico! 
really don't like Ray Rougeau doing this. I hate him too. He's just bad at it. Yeah. How I mean, are you? You've, already, you've just said you've just even like when you were like he's just bad. That's like literally how he sounds all the time. Yeah. <laughs> he's just bad at it. So I don't know Craig too though. I, I know he was like a pioneer or something because he was the first one yeah. to have dark hair. That doesn't make it good. <laughs> no, I, it I think he pioneered an archetype that we all hate. Yeah. Like, that pretty much only Mooney really did well, maybe right. Pettengill. But yeah. other than that, they that's all Vince hired. Remember he tried to hire, or he, I guess he did hire, that freaking guy like Murray Hodgson or something, the one that was oh, on Donahue. Oh, the one that got pissed off. Mr. McMahon, how are blah, 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 blah. And then he so what, turned what, out to be full of shit. What, what did he allege again? Oh, that Pat Patterson like, wanted, touched him or want, something? wanted things. And then it was like literally proven that none of that ever happened. Yeah, and that the guy was a con man. He like admitted he was lying or something. Someone found out he was lying. And I know they had a few guys from other territories for a little while, like Roger Canton, Cal, Cal Rudman. I know you yeah. probably don't know too much about him, Quinn, but he was the other Philly guy with Dick Graham. Yeah. And they did Philly together a lot. And Cal Rudman would do the backstage, and he was just like, he didn't know what the fuck was going on. He actually should make it. This is Cal Rudman, and it's my distinct pleasure to interview Hulk Hogan and uh, get behind the man and behind the image. <laughs> my God. Like, <laughs> what about Cal, uh, what about um, the Lee Marshall? They're great. <laughs> Yo, Lee Marshall. We, mu- we yep. might have Lee to. Lee Marshall. Okay. He's going and in. wait a second. Let yeah. me explain for a second why Lee Marshall was bad. I love when you rant about him. The whole thing with him, like, having to go to Nitro a week before. Yeah. Because, like, I don't know. They don't want him there or something. <laughs> yeah, that's what it feels like. like, <laughs> like we don't want you on the real and shit, And did he, Lee. like interview people like maybe sometimes i think he did sometimes what yeah. was his job like <laughs> to, I, I don't understand what he was to go to the arena beforehand <laughs> but not even did he didn't even get to go to the arena he was in like a, a lonely hotel room like calling from it and he's like my memory like my vision of him it's like sitting in a hotel a very dark hotel room right with like just one lamp and you know that like they have like a little executive table like you've said this yes you know? and like he's just sitting there with a pen yeah just like thinking of his bobby the yeah. brain Heen and weasel joke like the whole week and then he calls in and then, like the blinds yeah. closed like he just he sleeps all day and then he gets up at night and just thinks of like his weasel joke and then he calls in and he's like i saw two cockroaches under the bed but good thing they weren't weasels yeah and- it's a Always that, and then it's just like it got to the point where I swear Bobby was like ignoring him. Yeah, like he wouldn't even respond he didn't anymore. Care anymore. Yeah, <laughs> it's so stupid. But a day in the life of Bobby the Brain in Orlando, if you will. Hey, pal, she yeah. fell down by the elevator. Her hip went out. I was just helping her in the no, elevator. No, no, no. Three thirty in the morning. I had just gotten off the plane. No, no. Can we? <laughs> Did that go into ninety nine? Like it was a long <laughs> ass time. It was on for way too long. Yeah. Uh, is Lee? So he is, sucks. <laughs> He's so bad. Is he going in? Yeah. Okay. For number three. Marshall. Die, die, die. They're great. So we have one more spot. You've mentioned Doc. Uh, yeah. I've mentioned Ray Rougeau. There's Stan Lane. There's Josh Matthews. Terry Runnels. We got a lot here. Craig DeGeorge. <laughs> Craig DeGeorge. All of these DeGeorge. are horrible. No, I actually think some of these people are worse than Craig DeGeorge. Who, Kevin Kelly? Doc. <laughs> Doc's good. Doc sucks. He's good. No, what is your defense of Doc? How can you defend him? He brought us the 
moment when I fell off the couch laughing at him the other week. <laughs> yeah, he's not yeah. someone you ever laugh <laughs> with. You're right. He's terrible. What am I talking about? How are he's... you defending him? He's awful. You're... All I remember about, okay, here's another memory. The fact that he's so bad that he dances to that music every week where it's like, and he's always like dancing to it. And remember like on Action Zone being absolutely intolerable every week. You're absolutely like, right. Like, and dancing at the glass table. Like he's like egging Pettengill on to be dumber. Like the well, whole <laughs> We've got King Mabel coming up. Oh, the Todster here with you. You're right. What am I doing? Doc Henders is number what four. What is your life I don't right know. now that you're defending Doc? He had a picture of his chin in the event center with like cardboard cutouts of wrestlers it was all bad there's like 50 tvs like remember when like cole took over the place and his dumb picture was still there yes it's horrible he sucks the best thing of his that ever happened is when vince russo's on that live wire and he's like you're not doc Hendricks. Yeah. you're michael ps hayes that's his moment the rest of it is a scam and it sucks and you know why it starts right here with you michael hayes you see, this is not Doc Hendricks, kids at home. This is Michael P.S. Hayes. He used to be a legend in, in professional wrestling, the fabulous Freebirds, one of my idols growing up as a kid, Michael Hayes. What happened, Michael? You become now this, this walking billboard for the World Wrestling Federation. You become this cartoon character. Okay, part number four, Doc Hendricks. Well, die, die, die. <sighs> to recap for Donnie. Missy Hat, <laughs> Mike, oh. Mike Adamry, <laughs> Lee Marshall Weasel, and <laughs> that is our Mount Rushmore and Dead Valley of backstage interviewers, announcers, talent, whatever you want, or lack of talent, <laughs> whatever you want to call them. Feel free to let us know your vantage point. You can do that by reaching us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email or join the group. But Quinn, when we come back, partner, we're going down to Texas. Aha, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and we'll be back right after this. Hi, everybody. This is Todd Pettengill with another episode of How to Order Pay-Per-View. Remember when it used to be a hassle? Oh, it was so crazy. You'd call this number, you get some Russian girl on the other end. First day on the job, right? You want to order what? Hang on a second. Put you on hold. She's fumbling through. Then you get all these complicated directions. It's not like that anymore. Really, it's simple. I'm no brain surgeon. I had trouble with it before. Even I can order it now. Here's what you do. Find your cable bill. Thank you. Cable bill. Locate the telephone number of your cable system, then pick up your phone. Excellent. Dial the number that you just found on that cable bill. Put the ear to your phone. Wait for a response. When they say hello, say, yes, I'd like to order the WWF Survivor Series. They will respond with a, thank you, you are connected. Pardon me? I'm connected? You mean I don't have to do anything else? No. That's how simple it is. Hey, it's Sean Mooney. I may no longer be in the event center, but if I was, I'd be talking about our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. All right, boys, let's get to it. Howdy, wrestling fans. Welcome back to our Vantage Point (laughs) Retro Wrestling Podcast. Quinn, we're reviewing something. Yeah. Yeah, we're going down to Texas here. Uh, Mr. Blanchard's promotion. Yep. Yeah, this is a place we've never been before. We've never done this one. This was the San Antonio promotion, Southwest Championship Wrestling. 
Uh, mm-hmm. Like Quinn mentioned, Joe Blanchard, the uh, father of Tully, was yeah. the promoter here. And this is an interesting case study, Quinn, because I looked on the you know the NWA map that yep. JR has, and it, it's shown there, but at no point do they reference the NWA. And on anything I've looked up in my brief uh, research here, do I see anything about them being affiliated with the NWA? But maybe they were for a time. Well, they apparently were affiliated with the World Wrestling Federation yes. going by this opening. This is a very interesting opening. And if you know more about this, folks, let us know. So this is Southwest Championship Wrestling. Mm-hmm. From May of 1981. I think the show name is National Championship Wrestling or something. That's what's weird, because in the intro, we get, like, some moody music. It's very interesting, like, 70s music, because it's only 81, of course. And I'm sure it's playing right now. I'm sure it is. And we get a, a graphic that says National Championship Wrestling. But what's interesting about the intro is, Quinn mentioned, there's a bunch of WWF clips like in this Backland intro. And yeah, against the Samoans. At yeah, Shea. there's the Shea footage, but there's also, like, you can see the, like, old ref from WWF. Yes. Like, just refing a match yeah. on, like, championship, championship wrestling. So this was interesting. And another thing before we get into the, uh, the, int- the, the actual show here is that this was the time slot that Vince McMahon bought out in 1983 for yep. all American wrestling. So this actually aired, Quinn, for several years on the USA Network. Yes. That show's going back to 83, but that show is also the same show where, like, Bobby and, you know, Gene, <laughs> Gene. in front of a green screen. Yep. And, like, Gorilla and Polo. Yeah, all that, that show. shit. Like, yep. So, yeah, that Bobby had a coat of the name of the show. Um, <laughs> yes, A-A-W <laughs> monogram on the front. <laughs> so for this show, we're hosted by Gene Kelly. Uh, I don't know who that who? is. Yeah. He said we got a biggie. This show's going to be a biggie, he says, Quinn. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Southwest Championship Wrestling. Gene Kelly with tonight's exciting, exciting program, and we got a biggie for you. So we have the Florida State Champion. Manny Fernandez, he's here now in Southwest. The Raging Bull himself. The Raging Bull, he's a face here. Um, He's going to find out where all the good athletes are, he says. Mm, where's the mullet? Yeah, I don't know. He doesn't have a mullet. It's strange. I think he looks uh weird, but maybe better than usual I think he without looks the mullet. way better. Yeah. I, I think he should have never grown that mullet. I think that's true for anyone. Yeah. Like, literally, you can say that about anyone that's ever had a mullet. It's you can one say, of those 80s things where it's like, it probably looked cool at the time, yeah. but everything outside of the 80s, it sucks. Now, did your dad have a mullet? He didn't have a mullet, per se. No. He, he had, like, a ponytail thing, which was, like, more of an early 90s trend. Like a rat tail? Yeah. Braided. Did your dad have any, like, weird he, hairstyles? Like in He had a mullet-esque hairstyle for a little while really? in okay. the early 90s. Okay. It was, like, a... It was, it was very bad. So both our dads had uh, of-the-time hairstyles. And denim jackets. Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, I mean, that was just kind of like... You, you just kind of had that, you know? Yep. So now, Quinn, Luthez comes in... What? <laughs> ...to say that these fine young athletes are going to perpetuate the yep. wrestling. These two young, fine young athletes that we have here... Are going to perpetuate the wrestling game. Or is he like a spry, like 75 here or something? I don't even know if he's that old. He's probably 62. He's, he's, Luthez is always like... He's always 62 or, or 80 or yeah. 90 or something. Yeah. He looks great. He sounds great. And he actually comes into play a lot in this show. I like him on this show. I, I am very surprised, folks, that Luthez is a big player in this television show. And we I, finally get some Luthez action. I feel like I learned a lot about Lou. 
today. Exactly. Right? It was because very I was not a big like I didn't know dog shit about Luther. Yes. Like <laughs> as far as like a talking personality is concerned. Right, exactly. I've really rarely yeah. ever heard him talk. So now we get everybody's favorite. They say Tiger Conway. Who? Yeah. I know. Uh, he has a lady <laughs> face. Looks like is this is this that guy? He looks like Nell from from uh give me a break. Good Times. Give me a give break. Me, yeah. <laughs> no uh, Carter. It doesn't matter. It's perfectly clean, healthy fun. It's nothing to be embarrassed about. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. He looks like her. Like, so <laughs> I, it's strange. Like maybe he's her son or something. I don't know. So he says we're looking at the next excitement that San Antonio has ever seen. Uh, that makes no sense. Yeah, the <laughs> next excitement. Yes, this promo pretty much is, yeah. is awful. So anyway, to ringside. The ring is a foot high, which I don't like, but Quinn doesn't know. have a problem with it. There's worse stuff than that that bothers me. Like the weird isometric camera angle, perhaps? Yes. <laughs> like a foot high ring, that to me looks like a um, ring you'd find in like a boxing training facility in like... The like, 20s? No, no. Even now, like if you go to like in New York City because they don't have the room. How many like, boxing training facilities in New York are you going to, Quinn? No, I've what seen are you Johnny doing? Rod's... Uh, <laughs> ring it's actually a boxing ring okay i believe you with the four ropes instead of the three this has three ropes but i digress you are good at that yeah. so anyway gene kelly with the most honest statement that i've ever heard a wrestling announcer say yeah he says this is going to be a somewhat decent match this uh should be a somewhat decent match hey i tend to agree with him there i mean it's i a love jo- it it's a jobber match what yes. do you expect but i love the lack of hyperbole he's not yeah. like this is gonna be amazing this is gonna be great he just basically says this is gonna be somewhat decent and this match is the tag champions gino hernandez you might know him yeah and tolly blanchard versus tiger conway and Tony Torres. Now, why does the ref look like a camera operator? <laughs> he does! Or David Letterman, one of the two. <laughs> it's true. It is true. This ref here has, like, a blue t-shirt that says, like, Southwest Championship on the back. Right. And jeans. He does not look like a referee. I'm okay with that. No, I'm okay with that. There is an official, more official-looking ref later on. Yes. But... I will say this about this guy. Yeah. Uh, he does look somewhat official because it does say the yeah. name of the company on the back of his shirt. Yeah, he looks so. like he works there at least. And it's it's got a collar, so at the very least. Yeah, it's a collar. So Luthez joins us for commentary here, and we get some somewhat decent wrestling to start. Tiger kicks both of their asses for a while. Did uh did Stu Hart name this guy, Quinn? You know, hey, hey Tiger, your name's going to be Tiger. Yeah. So the uh, the crowd, quote-unquote, yeah. is into it at least, but I, I think I've seen more people at Target on Black Friday, Quinn. <laughs> it's crowd it's is a small arena, but at least they're excited. I will say they that. They are excited. This this atmosphere actually looks fun. Yeah, like, that, it looks like you'd want to be there. That's one of the things that I don't like when we watch these shows is when the crowd is terrible and yeah. silent the whole time. This is not the case. This it crowd looks, is into it. Guys with cowboy hats walking around with beers. Right. It's I mean, a party. It, it looks like this is the kind of stuff that makes me like, I'd like to visit Texas and maybe, you know, hang out on a summer's day and then at night go see a wrestling show, right. you know? Hang out with Luthez. He's yeah. still yeah. He's probably still alive. I, <laughs> so young Tully here has very fluffy hair as we get a side headlock by Torres. So Gene Kelly asks Lou, he's like, hey, uh, Lou, did you ever do any tag team wrestling? And yeah. Lou's like, yeah, a little bit, <laughs> but I like the singles better. <laughs> yeah, Lou is a man of few words, yes. but at the same time, he's a man of many. But what he says is is very like pointed. It's, right. I love I, his that's comments. A, that's a more 
good description. Of he's that, pointed. I would say. Yeah, he's very pointed. So Gino tags in. He doesn't have any knee pads, so minus three points in my book there. I don't know why. <laughs> I, <laughs> Kelly makes a boing sound. Yeah. He's like, boing, boing. Yeah, what? It, what? <laughs> the announcers are very freewheeling here. Boing, right into that big foot of Tully Blanchard. Man, looked like got a footlocker on the end of his leg. Nobody gives a shit. The crowd's freewheeling. It's fun. The wrestling's freewheeling. It's just, it's freewheeling, uh, you know, guns ablaze. That's right. Howdy partner. Howdy partner. Yeah, it's fun. Barging into the saloon. Yeah. Gino grabs a front face lock. Lou says a gymnasium, and then he rants. <laughs> this is the best rant ever I've ever heard an old timer do. Lou says rants about how wrestling is better now than it was in his day. Yes, and that makes me truly believe that if Lou Thez was alive today, he would be like on the Okada Omega like seven star train. Yes. Like he'd be like, oh, great, greatest wrestling match I've ever seen. He's so open and honest. He's like, it's so much better today. The moves that we thought were a big deal back then, these guys have much better moves. It is better than it was in my day. Uh, the old timers used to say, wow, wrestling used to be better. Cars were better. Things were better. I don't go along with that. I think the fine young athletes today supersede anything that we did in the past. Uh, the sophisticated moves that we thought were so sharp years ago are commonplace today, and a lot of the fellas use them. Thank you. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thank you, Luthez. Because that's how shit works. Right. It builds, right? And it gets better because they're they're building off the things from the past. Right. That's just how it works. Luthez is the only guy who gets it. He's, <laughs> Luthez should fight Jim Cornette in a fight. <laughs> <laughs> I think Luthez will win. Yeah. Hot tag by Tiger, and he goes back and forth with Gino for a while. Torres in, and the heels double team. Lou does not approve of the double team because he's an old school guy, too, he's, in the same he, vein. He's, he's, he's got, got morals. He's got, he's locked down to certain things. Yeah. And there's, he, there's rules, and they should like be cheating. followed. Yeah. He's like, this is this is tag team wrestling, but you're not supposed to do it at the same time. But he likes the wrestling. He so. loves the wrestling. Yeah. Blanchard with the pin from a flying knee, and uh, I got to agree with Gene Kelly here. That was somewhat decent. Yep. He was right on the money with I think that. That it was a two point five star match just because they said it was going to be decent. They went out there and delivered Quinn. They that was the height it was going to get, <laughs> yep. and they got there. So we get those same WWF clips in the bumper here, and when we come back, we have Tugboat Taylor, not the Tugboat, no, not Tugboat Thomas or yeah. uh, you know Fred Ottman, the Shockmaster, yeah, versus another guy without a mullet today, Scott Casey. Quinn, looks we know, good. Yeah. yeah, we know him. He looks good. The, this ref, like Quinn alluded to, is dressed in proper attire, right? Also. Uh, tugboat kind of looks like Dr. Death or Frenchie Martin. <laughs> like a combination of yeah, both. Yeah, it's very weird. He does kind of look like him. And like I said, Scott Casey actually looks good here. Doesn't look all bloated and puffy like he did later in the 80s. You mean steroids? Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean, actually. Uh, I, Scott Casey's a great wrestler. I really he like is. him. He's yeah. actually really good. It's he's... good to see him used here where he's not, you know, just a, a small fish yeah. in a big pond. He's a pretty big fish in a somewhat small pond yeah. in this case. Luthez mentions judo as Tug does a hip toss. Yeah, remember all the judo we just saw? <laughs> I don't so, remember any of it. So much judo. Ridiculous. Scott Casey with a wonderful headlock as Fast Eddie Mansfield is on commentary. <laughs> this guy just shows up. We didn't even know his name until yeah. the very end. Yeah. <laughs> he cuts this promo from the commentary table about how he doesn't know who Mr. Texas is and he keeps asking Gene Kelly and Lou and Lou is like, well, I don't know who it is. I'm doing the color and the commentation yeah. here. <laughs> That's our, that was the line of the night right there. The color and the commentation. Yeah, it, it's very good. <laughs> Tell me. Well, I'm, I'm doing the color and the commentation here, and I should know, but in truth, I really do not. I don't know. <laughs> and then Gene Kelly gets in on the fun here. He's like, yeah, Tugboat's big. When he sits around the house, he sits all around the house. When this boy sits around the house, he sits all around the house. Oh! 
so we're, we're making yo mama jokes <laughs> <Thank> now. <laughs> also, I found out who Eddie Mansfield is. Tell us the story. You remember that John Stossel thing oh, where like Dr. D beat him up or whatever? <laughs> Apparently in that same thing. Yeah, that, that same, same expose. That same expose. Apparently, um, Eddie Mansfield said that wrestling wasn't real. Like he was like the counter argument or something. <laughs> he, he and that's literally his claim to fame. Like he was never anything else. Like that's his only thing. Eddie says that when he talked publicly about wrestlers being treated as slaves with no medical benefits and no pension, the promoters got together and blacklisted him. There's not even like a Wikipedia page about him. There's <laughs> there's like just, you know, those like wrestling online yes, or whatever I know that what stuff mean. is. Where world of wrestling. Gives you like a little bio. Like yes. it's like that's literally it for him. He's nothing else. So I wonder if he got blackballed also. Maybe. I we know, know Dr. D did, but I, you know what? John Stossel is such an ass in that segment. He fucked up people's careers, really. Right. I mean, in that that thing. I think it's fake. <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> Dr. D just We should have John him. Stossel one time on the show. <laughs> I don't want to talk to him. I bet you he would talk to us. No, he wouldn't. Are you he's, sure? He's an arrogant asshole. <laughs> Sleeper by Stockton. <laughs> he's come down to our vantage point. Like. <laughs> and Quinn, you said the ref like looks like he can be Tugboat's brother. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he does. So, Lou says does some legitimate analysis on the sleep hold that uh, Casey puts on here mm-hmm. and he predicts that Casey's gonna win with it. Yeah, no shit. And he wins with it. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect analysis there, yeah. Lou. We like it. Lou is very like, he knows. He's not fucking around. I like him. I like him too. He's Where good. Where was he this whole time? They should have brought him into WWF. He's great. He's a really Imagine good. Imagine Luthes and Gorilla Monsoon are coming. Oh, that, like, that's a field day for yeah. both of them. Holy shit. Even Luthes and Jesse. They'd be fantastic. Yeah. So Casey does win. He wakes up tugboat and leaves. He does like the little like yeah. you know massage him and wake right. him up type of thing. Little legitimacy yeah, there. Yeah, that, that's isn't that like the rules or something it's allegedly. <laughs> so our next match is a weird one. I recognize three of the four names. Yeah, and Quinn does too. It's Ivan Putsky. Yep. That, why, I never <laughs> knew he was not in WWF. <laughs> yeah, that's like, weird. And Manny Fernandez. Yep. Versus Mr. Manny versus Larry Lane. Who? Yeah. And Doug Summers. Who you might know from that team with Buddy Rose in the AWA. Yeah. They were like I think tag champions. This is the fuzzy hair version already by 81 of Ivan Putsky. So he's still jacked up, though. He's jacked up, but he's got yeah. the fuzzy hair. Yeah. So he beats up Lane for a while, and then he beats up Summers for a while. Lou is very disappointed with Larry Lane. Yeah, well, I am too. That guy <laughs> sucks. Like, he wrestles most of the match, too. Yeah. You remember? It, like, oh. He, he looks he, like he's 50. He, <laughs> I think he is. He, he doesn't look good. He doesn't look like he's 50. He is 50. <laughs> like, he's just kind of tall and, like, not built well. Yeah, I don't know how else to describe. He's like tall and like you know. He looks like a guy that when you know when you were a kid and you're at like a barbecue and there's a pool, right? He's that like fifty year old man who like goes has a speedo. Oh God! And that's like him. Like that's basically what he he takes his shirt off, takes his pants off, and and you look away, and you're like. Okay. <laughs> like at a like at his daughter's rehearsal dinner, he takes off all his clothes and back flops into the pool. I wouldn't go that far. I would just go as far as like a barbecue. Okay, we'll no, go with barbecue no. then. So <laughs> this is at the point, Quinn, where you noticed that this camera ref looked like David Letterman. Yeah, I just yeah. wanted to bring that up. He kind of yeah, does. That's when I realized it. <laughs> He's but got yeah. the hairstyle for like he early really, 80s Letterman. Yeah, even his down to his sneakers. You yes. know how Letterman wear white sneakers hey, like hey. on his show yes. with a suit? Yes. Yes. Like that. He looks a lot like him. Summers has Farrah Fawcett hair. Yeah, that, that's fair. 
leaky faucet. <laughs> He's yeah. also Doug Summers, by the way, is built like Barry O. And I don't mean that in <laughs> a good a way. Random observation there. Yeah, by the way, this match isn't good. Yeah. But- Luthez is making this whole show work. He actually is. Yeah. Luthez and Gene Kelly underrated. I don't know if they ever did commentary again if this was Lou only doing it one time. He should be on every week. He should be like a regular on WWF. I would love Luthez on Coliseum video. Like oh my goodness. Any, like now it's like all the possibilities. He's just so legitimate. There's yeah. just something about Luthez that makes us feel like it's real. Yeah. Putsky tags in and does a like massage to Summers yeah. for a while. Lane breaks it up presumably because it was boring and we get a full <laughs> a full body slam by Putsky according to Gene Kelly. Lou approves of that. Now wasn't that a finisher back when Luthez wrestled the body slam? Yeah but moves have evolved. Joe. See Lou, that's what we were talking about. Luthez is awesome. He he already made like a backstory as to why he would agree with this yes, shit. Yes. Like, he already like did his exposition and yeah. now for the whole rest of the show we get it. Yeah. Fernandez grabs a double chin lock on Summers. Summers with an eye rake to escape lane. Finally makes the cold tag and lumbers around with Putsky for a while. It is. Yeah. It's not good. Yeah. Big chops by Lane, but Putsky fires back and tags in Manny, who beats up Lane, who tags in Summers. He eats some elbows, and then the bell randomly rings. That Manny's a real ball of fire when he gets going. Let him go. He's too much. How do we keep stumbling on like weird fuck ups like I don't this? Know. Like, I feel like this happened in a review or two. It did at this point. We always get these weird finishes. Yeah. So like right after the bell rings, like Manny botches some awful thing. He like trips off the second. I thought it was rope. like a Luthez press. I did actually. But it wasn't. It, it was wasn't. Just, it was just like he fell on him, and then the refs like. Like ultra fast count. Like, it, Talk about fast after counts. The bell, yeah, and the bell doesn't ring again, and then no. he just raises their hands. It's very weird. That's the way Nick Patrick should have counted. Yeah, what you just did there, boom, boom, boom. Right, you know what it, I mean? But it was he didn't. So it, that's yeah. why he sucks. And you're right. It wasn't a Luthez Perez. It was a Manny Fernandez trip. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I could see like because it was all it all happened so quick and like botched and broken. Yes, it was very broken. Yeah, it looked like it could be. Right. But it was just very fast. It was just a botched ending. Yeah. So now Gene Kelly is backstage with some other guy. We'll explain this in a second. <laughs> They're yeah. with the tag champs, Gino and Tully. <laughs> now, this other guy, Quinn, he has a microphone and he's like standing to the other side of Gene Kelly. Yeah, you can see his mouth moving while they're talking. So you're like, what the fuck? So the only thing that we can deduce is that he's a Spanish language translator because this is on the bo- close to the border of Mexico. Right. And maybe it was for the Spanish language people. That is I don't know. Very- um, forward thinking for if, the time yeah. period. I have never seen that in, let alone wrestling, let alone anything on TV back then, where the yeah. the two are literally standing in the same shot. Yeah, I've and never you can seen only that. hear the one. Yeah, like it's very bizarre. So it's either a Spanish language or some alternate fee that they taped interviews for. But, but I don't. It's think It's very so. smart because all they have to do is on each of them just turn on the mic <laughs> yes. that they want, and yes. you're literally looking at the same thing, so you don't have to reshoot anything. Mm-hmm. Like it's perfect. Maybe it was something like that. I'm not yeah. sure. If you guys know, let us know. So uh, Quinn, you had, you said that Tully and uh, Gino's belts look like crap here. Yeah, they look shit. <laughs> They're all dark. I don't and like, like them tarnished or something yeah. tully by the way young tully looks a lot like tessa blanchard here that's not a compliment to who yeah. <laughs> i don't think it's a compliment, it's not to, a compliment either. to either it's, yeah. you're either saying that he looks like a girl or that she looks like a man she I, I think she she's good looking but she does look like her dad like a real lot she's got They're the same the face. male and female version yeah. of each other like tully keeps saying appreciate by the way <laughs> you talk about appreciate he says it like 40 times <laughs> yeah and then he says gino hernandez yeah and he name drops johnny bench and pete 
bros. I don't know <laughs> what's going on. And G- Gino says world tag team champions. I swear he <laughs> I does. didn't even catch that. The two stars that shine the brightest are the world tag team champions. And then they walk away and Dick Slater wanders in from the right of the Was screen. Was this guy ever not old? <laughs> like, he looks the same. He always he is old. He looks like he's, like, you know, 45-ish. Yes. Like, <laughs> always. I, but it's, like, 83. <laughs> it's I 81. I even wasn't exposed to him to, like, 94 or 95. And he looks the same. The same, Joe. <laughs> Sounds like Terry Funk, too. Yeah. He is pretty much oh like... Oh, my a- God. You can play this promo yeah. and actually, like, try to guess if we're trying to trick you yeah. here, if this is a Terry Funk promo <laughs> yeah. or this guy, you know, yeah. Dick Slater. Now, he's presumably a heel. He's talking like a heel, but what's really funny, he's like, I'm world-renowned, I've wrestled everywhere, I'm the man that they have to contend with. Thank you. But the most important thing is, I'm a man that they have to contend with. Thank you. And he politely yeah. leaves. Yeah. It's, okay, cool. It's very, he's just like, thank you, yeah. I said my piece. To the ring, and it's Fast Eddie Mansfield versus Mr. Texas, the guy that he kept, like, ranting about, you know, right, like, on the commentary who is booth. this guy, yeah. yeah. So as a mask guy, Manny Fernandez is just wandering around ringside. Yeah, why like, is he there? In his gear. He's Nobody's just, saying anything. They're they don't even like, acknowledge it. They're like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Gene Kelly keeps speculating that Mr. Texas might be Scott Casey. It looks surprisingly like Scott Casey to me. Mansfield dominates for a while with punches and a choke. Mr. Texas with a full body slam, but Eddie comes back with some chops. It's funny that they said full body slam. <laughs> By the Instead way. Instead of a half body slam. Yeah, it's not a half. It's a full freaking yeah. body slam. Eddie isn't very fast, Quinn, I've noticed. He's, he's kind of just... He's not fat at, fat, he's not fast at all. <laughs> no. So Texas with an atomic drop, and then he unmasked to reveal Scott Casey. He's <laughs> the most, like, obvious thing ever. I'll tell you what, but, Quinn. Um, and I gotta... Go by the way, Scott Casey pulling double yeah. duty. We need to give him a little props there. Yeah, I don't know what the immediate context of this is. Maybe he, like, attacked uh, Fast Eddie earlier on in or previous the weeks around. or the other way around. Yeah. But I gotta say this about Gene Kelly. He is the most blunt wrestling announcer I've ever heard. From, mm-hmm. from saying, you know, this is gonna be a somewhat decent match to speculating that it's Scott Casey and then I, it just know, I think is. it's Scott Casey. <laughs> it is Scott Casey. Yeah, it's just like, he doesn't... These announcers don't give a shit in the best way you know what i like about them is like they're like us watching right meaning like they're not dumb yeah they're not they're not trying to like mask anything nope (laughs) no No pretenses yeah (laughs) good one quick so anyway a gaggle of heels come out and just pull fast eddie out of there and take him out back and casey wins by count out and quinn you continued to wax fondly about how fun this whole thing seemed you know it just seems like a good time yeah i i would love to have been there uh, in all honesty, it looked like a good time. Uh, it looked like endless beer, for yeah. example, and lots of hats. Lots and, to put on your cowboy hat and your bolo tie. And it looked like it was like after work-ish. Like, you yeah. know, you got guys in their ranch clothes like showing up. It's like, you know, it was just a tough day working and by darn it, we're going to watch some wrestling. And <laughs> by it, darn it. I mean, I, that's what I envision. They don't really curse out there. They're very civil people. They say dad gum instead yeah. of... <laughs> yeah. Gosh darn it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, our next match here is Lee Cole and Jesse Gonzalez, <laughs> Gonzalez versus Tank Patton. Now, I don't know who that is. Here we go. Uh, Let's go boring the show up. Yeah. <laughs> so Tank Patton is a pretty fat guy that Luthez calls a big dude. Yeah, it's weird <laughs> hearing Luthez say that. <laughs> and then he's like, what is he, 325? Good Lord. <laughs> he's some kind of an animal, this big dude. He is a gigantic fellow. I don't know what he weighs, maybe 280. 325, good lord. That's right, Luthez. That's some gorilla shit right yeah. there, just calling him fat, right? right, Just right out in the open. Now, Jesse Gonzalez has his name on his underpants it here, by the way. Jesse. Yeah. Tank looks like a fat guy they just found at a bar. 
saloon. Which fits right into the show, yeah, by the way. Because look at the crowd. So, so what do you think? Like they they were just like, hey, you look like a, you like you look like you're gonna wrestle, partner. You yeah. want to come in here and wrestle? And he's like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's literally what it looks like, and he has the talent to match. Honestly, yeah. he doesn't look like he ever wrestled before. So he beats up Jesse for a while, who tags into Lee finally. Tank's hair is horrible. Too. Yeah, what would you describe? It's a bushy like. It's like, like, it's like Bonnie Brownstone's hair from the boards <laughs> thing. Remember? It's not you know what I'm talking about? Brownstone. Whatever. Blackstone's hair. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the, the, the helmet a little. thing. Yeah, but it's a helmet. That we just, remember we put her head on like some other person. Yes. Mary Hart, I <laughs> yes, think. Yes, we did. And it, it looks natural to me. Yeah, it looks so natural. No one can tell. Yeah. Lee, Lee Cole here slaps Tank in the gut. And then Gene Kelly's like, that's like slapping the side of the post office building. What a weird line. And it actually, for some reason, I'm envisioning a post office in Texas like being like, cement yeah oh they, definitely like, that's what literally what they're referencing like a bunker almost yeah, yeah. i gotta say though quinn i love this commentation team yes very <laughs> a lot of commentation i love it so tank literally like this sucks he just <laughs> fats around with each guy and then he pins lee cole with a horrible elbow drop that looks like crap <laughs> it's terrible <laughs> all of it's bad like this guy yeah this isn't good stinks he needs to go. I don't ever want to see him again. But of course not. Like anytime <laughs> shit like this happens where somebody comes to like shit the show up. Yeah. Like in anything we ever watch, they won't go away. Yeah. Like <laughs> Gene Kelly says, oh, looks like he jumped off the air conditioning vent with what that, does that one. Mean? I don't know. It's so like, good, though. What, like, I don't care. I, Look like he jumped off the air conditioning vent. Really don't know what that means. I love this commentary team. Yeah. I am so sad that it took <laughs> us this long to find out how good this commentary team was. We just need to find more Luthez on commentary. Please. Yeah. Oh, so good. So anyway, now Luthez is getting interviewed by some other old timer. I don't know who it is because I'll be honest. I didn't know what Joe Blanchard really looked like. It's so not him, though. I it's not him Joe Blanchard, but it's someone that's been wrestling as long as Luthez. Now, this is my favorite part about this is because there's no context for why this conversation is happening. No, none. It's just like them like waxing fondly about like the olden days and yeah saying or how old you, how long you've been wrestling Luthez? is 47 years oh i've been wrestling 48 years yeah and, like, this happens they're, they're just shooting the shit and then this fuck comes in <laughs> tank fat man or whatever <laughs> he runs in and he says that he's better than both of them and- what <laughs> first of all no <laughs> never <laughs> and also quinn he's the brass knuckles champion who cares why is the brass knuckles title always seem to crop up at like the weirdest times Black Barton, people like that. It's always, yes, like, Black Bart. it's always like shitty people like that. Tag Pat might be Black Bart for all we know. Yeah. That could be him. Who knows? I, he, was, he was horrible. Jeff. So he's like, why did I have to face this garbage tonight? He yeah. literally says that. Meanwhile, Luthez is literally just kind of laughing yeah, the whole this time. this guy's a fucking joke. Like, <laughs> I don't blame Lou. And I think Lou could take him even at his advanced age. I think so. Lou, yeah. You know, Lou did go on to wrestle Masachono in like 1990. I, yeah. You know, I'll, I'm never putting anything above Lou at this point. So, after this episode, and after seeing how he just is doesn't age past, you know, like 60-ish. Yeah. He was like 100, and he still looked <laughs> like he was 60. He's awesome. How do you, how? I don't know. He looked good. Yeah. Manny Fernandez runs in and challenges a uh, fat man here, and yeah. Lou says, Lou Fez is like, get, go, get in the ring, yeah, go. get the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah. So they do. They go to the ring, Manny, with big right hands, but the tank guy fights back. 
fat's yeah. back, maybe. There's no ref, by the way, but then when one runs in, uh, Tank just throws him out of the ring. Mm-hmm. Manny regains control with a hip toss and a drop kick. Eddie Mansfield now runs in. And what then, is this? I don't know. So many people. Scott Casey also runs in as well. We have a big pier sixer. Then the ref gets back in the ring, so I guess this is a match? Yeah, I don't, they never say. No, they like, don't. They don't. I, I don't. Is this sanctioned? I'm I, not sure. First of all, is the NWA even involved? We I didn't even get so. into that. That's what I mean. I don't think they're involved in this. Yeah, yeah. I really don't think that they're part this of this whole so thing. This feels so random, all I, of it. it. It does. And by the way, someone else is announcing this that's not Gene Kelly. Oh, really? I yeah. didn't even notice. It's some <laughs> different guy. So they play basically the Bedlam mode of Raw for Super Nintendo for a while. It's like a tornado tag. <laughs> yeah, it's very weird. But the ref like, doesn't care. There's yeah. no pins. And then Tank misses the, his uh, AC vent elbow. Yeah. And the music starts rolling as Nell Carter gets in the ring as yeah. well. All of the guys on this show... Tank sucks. Yeah, like, of right? all of them. Yeah. Like, There's yeah. like all these pretty good guys and then yeah. Tank. Yeah. And, and that's how we end. They're just like, they're wrestling in the ring, but the music is like overtaking all the yeah. audio. Yeah. Show ends. Very weird. Weird show. Weird ending. And I just feel like Tank just ruined everything. Tank Patton, if you know anything about him, let us know. He doesn't look very good. He's he doesn't... a ruiner, Joe. <laughs> He's a I ruiner. I don't like him. And he needs to never be on my screen ever again. Okay. If we ever do another, um, what is this, Southwest? Southwest. If we ever do another Southwest, right? Yeah. Can we just, like, advance a couple months where Tank is no longer employed? Because I'm pretty sure, like, you know, by June, July, if this is May, they would, like, get it and just be right. like, please leave. Like, <laughs> Best part of the show, Quinn? Uh, definitely Luthes. Luthes, I agree. Luthes and Gene Kelly made this whole show breeze by. Yeah. They were very endearing, charming, I, I fun. I want to know if there's like Luthez promos from the 60s where he has like the same attitude. <laughs> yeah. Because like, he sounds like a freaking badass. He's like, awesome. It's like no wonder this guy was a star. Yeah. Like, you know? Tell you what, speaking of stars, I know they both would become stars. Well, Geno's was cut short, but Gino and Tully, not impressed at all in this. Yeah. They were well, not, they didn't look good. I don't think this is Tully's forte. Like tag wrestling in eighty one. He's not the well. He's a good tag wrestler. It's yeah. just this is not the partner for him, and it's not the persona. He's more kind of tough than he is like a fancy boy, right? Right. Which fancy is what, boy. Which is literally what he was later. He was yeah. a fancy boy. Yeah, so, a fancy boy. Yeah. But nice to see them. Nice to see uh, Manny Fernandez without a mullet. Yeah, I think it, that helps a lot. Yep. Uh, not having a mullet. Nice to see uh, Scott Casey without Scott a mullet. Scott Casey treated not like a jobber or yep. a battle cat or whatever he was. <laughs> and nice to like not see uh, Abdullah the Butcher or someone. Oh, well, that's always a, a plus. <laughs> uh, definitely. But uh, yeah, definitely the highlight of the show was the commentary for sure. Yeah. So it's, it's just unfortunate in a show with not a lot of fat guys that the fat guy that was on it like just kind of like bogarted Awful. the show and took over yeah and you're just like oh come on like i know like I he agree. was like a quarter of the show yeah and weird to see ivan putsky yeah that was that, a weird that one that was odd it seemed like he was just like passing through <laughs> yeah. like he was like literally like he did a show in california and he was kind of like on like Meandering. a plane stop like did a did a short shot and then just like like barnstormed and went out of there just <laughs> so, went back up to new york so overall what would you what would you say about that pretty good not good it was interesting yeah um, it was interesting it wasn't the best show i've ever seen but no. not even close to the worst no not at all it was yeah. it was very easy to watch yeah i would say and folks we hope we were very easy to listen to as we've done yet another week in the world of retro wrestling i got news for you next week i'm not going to spoil anything but next week is an episode you don't want to miss it's going to have a very different flavor to it uh, yeah and i think you're really going to like it guys so next week stay tuned for our first episode of july number 88 it'll be a very interesting time but until then be sure to follow us on twitter at ovp podcast 
Join the Facebook group. What are you waiting for? I'm telling you it'll be fun. And of course, you can go to ovppodcast.com for everything that we offer. If you want to donate, patreon.com slash ovppodcast. But until next time, thanks for listening. I am Joe Murata. That is Michael Quinn, and we are out of here. See ya. You know, I tell you what, you know, appreciate, I think, is the key. Appreciate. You people out there, appreciate things of quality. You appreciate Earl Campbell. You appreciate Tony Dorsett. You appreciate the things, the stars in all professions. Johnny Bench of baseball, Pete Rose. But you've got Gino Hernandez and Tully Blanchard to appreciate, to look up to. The men that are something that you can want your kids to grow up and be like. You know, Gene Kelly, you'd like your son to be like me, wouldn't you? Boy!